so recording now, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, as I was saying earlier, I've been watching your work and your progress kind of from afar. And yeah. I just love, I love personally being inspired. Uh, there's, there's very few things in this world that are as precious as being inspired or motivated. Yeah. Uh, and it's been really cool to watch your process. I've been seeing um, things as you're dropping them. And, and I think the, the latest piece, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I really need to talk to you because I think it would be <laughs> really great to have you on. And I also think for me personally, and I think the whole ecosystem of all this, it's really key to have, it's key to have people in this world that are chasing their own ambitions, you know, and, and doing mm-hmm. doing things and doing the work that, that matters most to them, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, I wanted to say I'm stoked to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You, uh, obviously one of the, th- the key things that comes up when in regards to you and your work is how young you are. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting, but I also don't know if I like to just cling to that because I think you can be at varying ages as long as you're aggressive with your learning and very smart about how you learn, I think mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still make exceptional work. And I, I like to just totally. look at the quality of work you make work that has a, a certain level of maturity to it that I think is really rare for somebody of your age. And I think that's probably why people potentially freak out about it. What are your thoughts <laughs> about it being so, I mean, you, how are you still 16? Or are you 17 now? I'm 16. I just turned, uh, turned 16 in November. Wow. So, well, like in the big, I started doing Blender uh, when I was like 12, mm-hmm. turning 13. And like, then it was more of a big deal. Like his, like, oh, he's, he's 13 years old and he's doing this and that. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, you know, very categorized into that, mm-hmm. you know, column of being like young. And then like my art was all right. Or like looking back at it right now. Um, so I think like, Definitely because I was young, um, I got like some popularity, or at least in the the blender, the blender space, and I think like a lot of people got inspired by that. Like there were a lot of, a lot of new people joining Blender, especially, mm. and you know, digital stuff during the pandemic. Yeah. Um. So I think that you know that helped. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say like it makes sense that like I think when we think uh, of younger people, we think oh like they're less capable than an adult so when somebody younger mm-hmm. is achieving these high goals we just think oh it must be easy so then the barrier of entry yeah. is easier but mm-hmm. it's not the fact though i'm sure that the way that you've processed your success has probably just come from a lot of hours just sitting there and being curious yes. and learning and, ab- and absorbing and and it, it's a lot easier to to spend time on things when you're young i'd imagine yeah well true i would imagine that you're not just like this with this, but I'd imagine you're like this with all of the things in your life. Like you have a insatious, like a, an appetite for curiosity or learning something. Or, <laughs> is that true? Yeah, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I play a lot of piano mm-hmm. and like with every sort of hobby interest I've had, it's been a lot of, you know, going crazy and trying to learn it. I really love learning. Like mm-hmm. I'd say that is my, my hobby. You also and, love teaching you know, too, which is really cool. I don't know if you love it, but yeah, you do it too. Really I, well. Yeah, I do love teaching. People say I am a good teacher, but I'm not sure if you know if that's true or not. But <laughs> uh, I think I do like it. Mm. Um, well, I think yeah. teaching and learning are connected, right? You learn a lot more as a teacher yeah. about what you're doing. Oh, definitely. You have to, you have to explain <clears throat> it and, and 
that itself yeah. is is another lesson of learning too because you're mm-hmm. having to go through that process but you play piano Definitely. as well huh yeah yeah i've been getting into a lot of like jazz improvisation things like that wow and you know all creative things are very similar in terms of how you how you learn it and how you like perform it and you know i think doing doing art and you know playing piano and you know doing whatever they're you know very similar wow can you, i need to adopt you you're awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow this is so cool uh it's it i think that's one thing i i wanted to make sure we addressed first because i want to get over that and then start to talk about mm-hmm. why i think well at least from an outside observer what is making you accelerate so fast in a very unique way and like i said i feel like um we can talk about blender too and i, I would love to i feel like you're you're a perfect example of why blender is so important to the community mm-hmm. for those that are listening blender is a is a free software that's open sourced and it's extremely disruptive because it basically does what all of the expensive programs do, but then better in a lot of ways because it is open source, right? Yeah. It's super powerful. And definitely. I mean, I, I haven't I, used a lot of other things though. So I don't really have a good, you know, reference of the other capabilities. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've used Blender a little bit and uh, mm-hmm. it's a little, it's, it's almost like a language barrier. So because I come from like an older way of thinking, when I go right. into it, I'm like, oh, where's my one thing? And is, is, mm-hmm. you have a bunch of friction moments. You're just like, Ugh, I can't yeah, use I can, this. I can see. Well, for me, I, uh, art is a flow. Uh, yeah. The best state of art is the flow state. That's all I live for mm-hmm. with art. It's like, yeah. At four in the morning, this, this, the flow state's happening and you're just like, yes, yes. And, but when yeah. you hit friction points and programs are literally just friction points, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, or they can right. be, yeah, yeah. And, uh, the less friction points you can encounter, the better. So what, what led you into like discovering and working with Blender? I mean, it's, it's free. So yeah, yeah, that was barrier entry, less um, friction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a, a large community and there's a lot of tutorials. Like yeah. I watched so many tutorials in the beginning. <laughs> um, like, man, I love tutorials because mm. you, 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 when you complete or, you know, yeah, when you complete and follow a tutorial, you feel like you've made that thing yourself, mm-hmm. which you have, you know, by following instructions and, you know, by doing that more and more, you sort of just learn to think in the best ways. Like you pick up the best, tips and tricks from each you know video and because there's so many you can just absorb 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 if you spend enough time on it yeah and that's a really fast way to learn you know just geeking out and watching a lot of tutorials and you know <laughs> following them and practicing it yeah i think it's, it's one thing to, to watch it i think they're called motor neurons or something like that it's one thing to watch something that's another mm-hmm. to actually put yourself through the process of actually doing the tutorial yeah. um and then the, the then even more important as you're finding and I'm seeing your work is is a, 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 watching a tutorial is one thing, then doing the tutorial is another. That's just replication. Yeah. But thinking independently with your yes. intuition and coming up with your own concepts, that is a whole other void to fill. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, trying to improve. Started, yes, like trying, trying to, to improve, improve the, the the render or you know the tutorial results and adding like not just changing it, but you know, trying to improve it. Yeah. Which, 
Well, I mean, with knowledge and sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off here, but it's, I get so excited, but you know, as a digital (laughs) artist, you have to do, and this is something that, um, I have to constantly iterate to people that don't really understand what it is that we do. You're basically a God in a sense where you're banking everything, you know? Yeah. And I don't mean this in like the egotistical way, like we're gods. That's not it. It's that we, (laughs) there's a lot of things we have to understand, which is like how cameras work, how lights work, how animation works how things in life mm-hmm. works and and it almost be, makes you it, it forces you be, to become a, a student of nature you know definitely which is beautiful yeah yeah the the more i'm advancing the you know the deeper i need to go into like the most absurd things like you know how, how dust accumulates <laughs> in like we know whatever and like how different pipes go in like concrete uh, like buildings or you know like really random things mm-hmm. um to get that realism have you gotten into photography yet not really i mean it's i was doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i imagine i i really want to get into film mm. film cameras and things and you know i want to go travel uh when i'm a little older i'll probably you know take take some photographs and you know when i'm not Dude, um, le- legit i'm gonna adopt you bro this is gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> yeah this yeah. is awesome yeah like mini me this is wonderful uh yeah f- film cameras are incredible uh i've not shot film i sent think since i was younger but i shoot really? digital now but i can't wait for you to get into photography because there was a there was a when you're doing cgi there's a level that mm. you hit you plateau uh, i found it and i see it in yeah, a lot yeah. of other artists you, you get to a place where You've watched all the tutorials. You've understood all those things. You've watched all the films. And then mm. you get to a certain part and you go, oh. And then once you start to get another tool, which like photography, which is basically observing the eye through a machine, yeah. and you see how the world's seen through the machine, it almost gives you like a whole mm. other level. Like, because you go, oh, this, right. is, this is interesting. Because right now you're using a, a false camera in the computer. But once yeah. you use a real camera in the reality, you're like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I could see that being a huge. Uh, yeah hit for you like in regards to growth and not just i mean we're all growing but that was one thing that i always tell cgi artists like what's the best advice i'm like get a camera you know (laughs) like buy a camera a cheap one you can buy like a canon 5d they're so cheap and then a little kit lens and just go observe the world and learn how to make really bad photographs until you make Mm -hmm. some good ones and then all of a sudden you're 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 capturing the world and then you want to capture that feel in the computer so it's right. this weird you, thing. You yeah. get another perspective. Like if mm-hmm. I'm only observing the world with, you know, my eyes, I can't really mm-hmm. store that anywhere. I can't observe memories that up close. Yeah. Like if I have a camera, yeah. that's another perspective that can, you know, help me. Yeah. I've, I haven't really thought about it in that way. Well, your work, especially your latest work, the impetus work, I feel like when I watched it, I was like, wow, William has an exceptional eye for composition and the way that you're shooting the digital world and manifesting it is i'm really excited to see your photography honestly because (laughs) being a fan of what you're doing it makes me excited to see what you're going to make next of course that's what you want from somebody that gives you that inspiration because we all Mm -hmm. feed on it you know yeah Um, and it's really important to the ecosystem of everything that we do you know like when Mm. when i do work i try to make it so that i go this is the best version of myself you know and i want yeah that to represent me and if it's not ready then it's just not ready so um mm. but i do i do like when i seen your compositions and stuff i was i was i thought that you were like naturally just doing photography 
and then kind of moved into this. But it's cool that I love that like the human journey is so vastly different. We're all just on this weird <laughs> path <laughs> and it's all kind of like, yeah, yeah it's abstract, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see that. I think that's going to be really, really like a yeah. really cool thing for you to kind of add that to your, because <laughs> you can also combine your photography with your CGI because Blender is so strong at um, even VizFX work, which is really, we've seen that with Ian's work, you know, like, yeah, Ian's done a really great work with his CGI and then using Blender as his VizFX tool to kind of combine both mm-hmm. worlds too. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm pumped for his his coming uh, short film episode. I think it's going to be really cool. What a force of nature that guy is, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, he's got to be, I mean, the. so I'm like a Cinema 4D user and I, I started using yeah. that because it was like the one program that was somewhat obtainable and it was like for the motion graphics world. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like uh, using Maya or 3D Studio Max, which is at the time was considered to be more of like the industry standard for right. all of the things. And then Houdini came out and all this stuff. But then Blender came out. And I really mm-hmm. wish I was in your position when Blender came out because it's like I feel like it is in a lot of ways a very superior tool to many of the other programs because of the open nature of it. You know? Yeah, I think it has a lot of potential. I mean, there are, there's still like there's some sort of limit to where Blender goes, I feel. Like, I don't see a lot of Blender artists that come up to the level that some, you know, Cinema 4D artists are at, or, you know, like 3DS. Or I I wonder if that's just, like, Blender being the, like, entry level. Like, it's free, it's open source, it's easy for people, you know, to get a hand in in the the 3D game through Blender. Mm -hmm. But, um, like... Cinema 4D, uh, like people who use Cinema 4D, 3DS Max, Houdini, like they're. I wonder if if the if it's the people who have been you know working like for for many many years, mm. um, that are able to achieve higher levels because of the software or you know just their experience. Like Blender hasn't been around for that long. Mm. Could be a combination of both of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about. Um, I think it's in the fidelity of the GI and the render. It's just something that I noticed, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, hmm. yeah, cycles is weird. Yeah, like, yeah. The way it I've been getting into light. that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's not a spectral renderer. Yep. And it has very bad energy conservation. <laughs> and uh, I've yeah, I've been you know getting into that kind of stuff because I've mm-hmm. I've looked at your renders and you know color sponges renders. Yeah. And there's there's something something really special with them, and I I just can't put my finger on on it. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, it's all the detail. But I I can't help to think that it's like some special sauce that's you know in the render that makes them look more realistic. Yeah, I, I think. Um, and thanks for that. I think. Well, in the, we're talking about Volta too because there was a project that Carlos and I had done called Evanetta, mm-hmm. and and I think Will Will made this amazing project called Volta. We used the same car, and he did this wild, like sick, artsy piece that was like. I just, I mean, just look at the links and we'll send, make sure you check this stuff out. It's really impressive and really, it's really freaking cool, man. Um, Thank you. But yeah, there's, there is this weird gap that happens. Um, Some of it's secret sauce. And I think some of it is, is literally the tool and the device. And I think some of it's just synchronicity. Um, You know, Carlos and I, when we combined our skills, we're like, Mm -hmm. we're like 20 years worth of CGI, (laughs) 25 years or so combined. So yeah, it adds up. And when you're looking at something, 
um, because I, a lot for me, I can only speak to me, but I know that Carlos has such an exceptional wealth and visual, visual, his eye is one mm-hmm. of the, the best in the world, I would say, um, with confidence in regards to doing what he does. And, yeah. um, we're both kind of pushing each other, but there is a thing. And this is why I, I personally have not made the shift over to blender despite like friends like Maché, Cause like Maché is a full blender baby now. Like he's full. That's like, that's his tool <laughs> and he loves it. Who's, he, who's that? Uh, Maché Cuchara. He does I like, don't recognize uh, him. I just, imagine, I know you've seen his work, but, um, maybe his, yeah. the way I'm saying his name probably doesn't connect but him and i we did like the blade runner posters together with like the tune shader style and like um he's a a a founding member of learn squared and he's an amazing artist but he uses blender like full Mm -hmm. on now and he's incredible but he does a lot of really amazing like um tune shaders and stuff with it okay so but blender is like he showed me some stuff and i was like this is insane and the love Mm -hmm. the level of stuff that it's able to do Um, yeah but when it comes to render time um, I've made the shift to Corona a while ago and I think I call it like a baby V-Ray and V-Ray is obviously in mm-hmm. my opinion is the superior of all in regards Better to than photorealism. Um, well, it depends, depends on what you want because like there's different things like, like Octane I feel like is extremely amazing at like really high rapid rate renders de- dealing with like mm-hmm. really deep complicated things. Um, but right. I feel like Corona for me personally has has that level the gi it's a way that the cpu math algorithm i don't know something in the math the way it calculates mm-hmm. the, the light and textures yeah. and all the data but it's slow and it's very costly mm-hmm. and it's very expensive so yeah. but anyways and i to talk about when i was saying earlier about like cgi artists or digital artists like there's a such a wealth of knowledge that we really have to take in it does take a massive amount of time in order to even get close to like producing anything of quality. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've accelerated your growth through learning rapidly, which has been really wonderful to see. You know, I, I've, I'd imagine you've probably talked about this at some point, but it would be really cool to understand and to shed some light into everybody that's listening, how you learn. Cause I think the way mm-hmm. that you learn and you process data is very unique. You think so? I mean, the result. I I, <laughs> I think so based on the result. If if your work yeah. wasn't at the level it is, then I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. But I think there's there's something to be learned for us all here. Mm. Like how you learn? How because I have a certain way of learning. I'm sure yeah. that you have your own way of learning too. But um, I mean, I wonder if it's just a lot, a lot, a lot of time. Mm. Like, I wonder if time is you know just the the simple answer yeah because like if you just put enough time into it like you can think of it like um uh me and a few friends were were talking about this we were like learning like vectors in math Mm -hmm. and um we like had this realization like oh everything in this world is you know is vectors and i I think it's a, a funny way to think about it like say Say you have just a big 2D plane and you're, it's sort of like a, what is it called? Like a neural engine uh, space. You can, it's called, it doesn't matter. So you're here at this point and you have a goal of achieving something, mm-hmm. which is here. And like anybody can, can do work. Like energy doesn't, you know, get lost. Like if you, if you do some work or, you know, 
put energy or like do something that's going to have an effect. Like there's always cause and effect. So imagine you can point your, your vector in any position you want. Um, but that might not, you know, be easy to do. And you can, if you do enough work, point your vector in the right direction, you will be able to achieve that goal. Mm. But if you, like, you can't just do work and get nowhere because, I mean, then you're probably getting further away because you're putting work into doing the wrong thing. Yes. Um, sort of like that. So you, you just need to um, put a lot of time and a lot of effort, a lot of work mm-hmm. and really navigate that, you know, vector direction and do it in, you know, the right the right way, mm-hmm. I think. You need to have some luck too, you know. Yeah, luck timing are always good as well. Like timing yeah. for you is being put on the planet when Blender has been around. A, mm-hmm. free pro- a free, very powerful, very disruptive program. Yeah. But then also, like you said, to talk about the vector, and 100% I agree with that because life is about intention. Life is about what you do with the time that you have. We all have the same time. Yeah. You and me are sharing the same time span as Elon Musk right now. Yeah. How crazy is that? <laughs> One <laughs> yeah. of the most prolific human beings on this planet that's established so many interesting things is on mm. our same currency, which is time. So what dictates that is our trajectory, right? Yeah. And yeah. Exactly. I, it's a good way to look at it. And I have that. That's the way I look at it. I, I, I go, this is something that I've talked with friends about. It's like, I won't spend my time doing something that doesn't have relevancy to what I'm my trajectory is simply won't yeah there's no point in it because my Mm. life value to the world and myself is to have that trajectory clear Mm -hmm. today I'm doing this and this is it and that is it like yeah and if I got to learn something I'll just scrub through it find the thing absorb it write a note make it I don't know if you do this too I have to make tutorials for myself because my process gets so complicated I really remind myself yeah because i'm used i'm going in between like seven programs and i'm doing so many oh, different geez. things it's just like well oh, this to that and all over the place and um, yeah this is how you do this here and maybe because blender probably does a lot of what the other programs kind of do because i've yeah. used like 3d co and, and and zbrush and cinema 4d and and jumping around to the these yeah. things and trying to find a good flow that happens but that's a lot of programs to juggle yeah it's a, it's very annoying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they imagine. all have incredible strengths if you know where to yeah. get them. And they're, they're right. really bad at some things and amazing at others, you know, like 3d co is incredible for unwrapping like odd objects. And it just gives you a really good quick mm-hmm. UV to then bring into substance painter and bake things into. So, yeah, but, I do all the texturing in, in blender. <laughs> yeah. All the, well, you I don't can. even worry about unwrapping. Right. Yeah. yeah. But there's like a certain level, like the final sort of, like mm. checkbox you can't really achieve like it becomes this exponential curve <laughs> like you need to just have all the the thousands of softwares and <laughs> put all that time to get the final piece yeah yeah i don't yeah shit i don't know yeah but i, I love that you and that's cool that you have friends that you guys can nerd out about that because to be at your age is a blessing to have this perspective because <laughs> if you go on and let's say you consider wanting to do this for a profession I would advise either to or not to do it for various reasons. Right now mm-hmm. you're in this pure state where the art is pure. You know, hopefully yeah. it's pure to you. Like you're only doing it without yeah, yeah, like yeah. the, and you know, I think it's hard now because like social media and likes and follows and calculated, ca- calculated value of things is, is so prevalent, which really mm-hmm. is unfortunate, but I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and AI art. Yeah, uh, we're going to definitely talk about that too. Like, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have some thoughts about that. Actually, let's, mm-hmm. let's segue. Let's talk a little bit about the. I would love to. We'll come back to the vector thing. I'm going to make a note of it. So. All right. Yeah, because that I think what you said is perfect that you have intention with your learning, right? Correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah like, sorry to cut you up. No, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, like, to sort of wrap it up, um, you need to have a goal to be able to, you know, uh, direct your force into that correct direction. Like you can't just, if you're just going to practice Blender without, you know, any goal or like you might not be practicing it the right way. And, you know, yeah, that's going to be, you're going to be pushing away further from your goal than closer. To add to that, in which I a hundred percent agree. I, I was always an advocate for project-based learning. You make a project Mm -hmm. and you just fail and it's a suffer fest through it. But then you get a couple of successes and you go, oh, I'm going to drop all the failures and take all the successes and bring them to the next project and then do the same, you know? Yeah. And you just keep going to you're going, well, I know how to operate the camera. I know what this Mm. looks like. I know the optics of that. I know how to rig this thing. I know how to texture this thing. I know how to animate this thing. I know how to process this data. And before you know it, you get, you add all those, all those wins and then you have something that's quite brilliant. Yeah. You know, mm. Something that nobody can really acquire and understand. They'll look at your project. That's one thing I think is really fascinating. Like when I would look at your projects, I'm not I'm not there with you every day making it. So I just see the end. And it's yeah. never done, right? It's always can be better evolved or shifted mm-hmm. and changed. But it's just due, you know, which is fascinating yeah. about art. There's no there's no master of art ever. There never will be. And then there's also it's simply because of the subjective nature of art. And yeah. then then Art is never done. It's just simply like mm-hmm. evolves to a state where we go, eh, okay, and then yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's a wild life. You never can finish anything. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about it. I guess you could. Some people say they have closure with their work, but I think that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. There's uh there's not really any project where I'm like, oh, now I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, this feels good to post almost. Like it's it's always like. Uh man, this could have been so much better. I wonder what people, you know, even think about this. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, they'll be like, "Nah, that wasn't very good, William." <laughs> but you have, you have an inner demon too, huh? Oh no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah man. But the things do get done, right? As we said, it's like I always, I think I'm quoting John Lasseter. I said, "He said uh, art is never, not art is never done. It's just do, you know." So it's like, yeah, just getting to the finish really good line. Way of yeah, and, and and I think it's uh, it's probably more like a, a less a healthy approach because it is it's never really it never really comes to that stasis. But you know, sometimes it does. And what I meant to say about that is, I'm not there with you through that intimate suffer. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that art is a suffering act. I think it can be, and it should be to certain levels because in order to make greatness, you have to suffer. I don't. That's how. Well, I, yeah. It's it yeah it is sort of sort of like suffering like. I think of it as my my project or the piece I want to create is just one big problem, mm-hmm. and then I just need to solve everything, all the you know, find all the keys to it, and <laughs> to unlock it. So you could, I guess, that's a suffering, but mm-hmm. then the reward of completing it and the the things you learn along the way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like I said, I think life, and this is just my evaluation of it, is life is is filled with all the friction points and. 
Yeah. It's it's like bad people in your life or good people in your life. And it's like drop the, the friction and then take with you the great things and, and surround yourself with people mm-hmm. that are really wonderful because that's how you yeah. have a bountiful life full of greatness, you know. But yeah. Now I get all spiritual. I love all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but I think I, I think that's something I really don't want. If you're listening to this, I don't want you to miss this because what Will and I are saying is the trajectory is so essential because as you mentioned, if you just sit there and do blender tutorials, you're on your, let's say there's a, there's a step, there's a, there's a ladder of life and we can't see the top of it. No one can. Mm-hmm. You're on the first rung of the ladder. If that's where you're at, you got to keep climbing, you know, if you want to progress, you know, that's my, my thought of it. Cause it's the same for everything. I see that a lot. There's like this echo chamber of people just watching a tutorial and repeating the tutorial, mm-hmm. and not taking the next step, which is the risky step of, yeah. let me see what I have inside. Mm-hmm. And most of the time people are not going to like what's inside you until you develop that, you know? <laughs> yeah. You need to develop your things. Like, um, but uh, there's something so, so, so nice with completing a project. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like quantity over quality sometimes. Yeah. Like, having there's the thing like 90% of a unfinished project is a lot worse than like a hundred percent. I don't know the quote, but mm-hmm. you, like finishing something is a lot more important than making something that's great, but that's not finished. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, cause this, um, striving for perfection, perfection is a, is a, is a void. It's a lie. Basically it doesn't exist. There's no such yeah. thing. Yeah, and and I spent a big time, big part of my life, and my career, chasing what I thought was perfection because I was trying to overcome um, my lack of quality in other things. And so mm-hmm. when I just let that go and realized I'll, it'll never be perfect, it's just I need to get it done and I need to move forward and find yeah. my own rhythm with all that stuff, which is also really, really tricky. Um, but yeah, to the vector, I love that, the vector of learning because I, I feel like that's... You're, you're spending a lot of time absorbing and, and forgive me if I'm paraphrasing and, and jump in if I'm getting this wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you spend an enormous amount of time observing the world within the program in which you interact. Your language. I just call it a language because yeah. it is a mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. And you've absorbed all this knowledge and then you start to apply this knowledge. I know like a, yeah, yeah. working out basically, you know, like putting in the reps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then from that you start to evolve and advance it. Right. Like, oh, I wonder if this works with that and kind of combining mm-hmm. things and stuff. So definitely. Yeah. yeah. And and everything that you're doing, if as I see it, is your when I'm looking at your work here is your it's project based learning. You have an intention. Yes. And you're solving it as you go. Mm-hmm. I I've learned like the thing. It's so important to have a goal. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, like there have been a, plenty of times where I've, you know, started work on a project where I have sort of an intention, you know, I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to, you know, create this feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I just start working on it because I just want to, you know, create something. And then it's, it just turns out really bad. Or like I get halfway there. I've done a lot of work, like months or like, you know, a couple days. And um, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. It's like all the, the pieces are nice. All the shots are good, but they don't fit together. There's no story. There's, you know, it all falls apart. Um, and that's the worst feeling when you just need to <laughs> like scrap a whole project mm-hmm. and, you know, start over. It's very humbling. Because you, you sort of need, there's it's sort of like riding a wave. Mm-hmm. Like um, you need um, 
to be for me at least like i need to get that that uh, sort of xp boost of uh, completing a project mm-hmm. to sort of um you know get energy to create the next one and like inspiration and things like that yeah you mentioned um getting to a place with your work where you have no plan and then you get into this state where you kind of work off of like energy and inspiration abstractly and then find yourself mm-hmm. months later like oh crap this isn't yeah what i wanted yeah that, that's not we all fall victim not, to that one yeah yeah because you have fall i think it's almost like when you do that it's because you've had false fuel you know like you have almost like you're using you're not using really what you should have been using which was the bigger idea you know yeah and and on the right. surface it's beautiful and it's really well executed and, and i don't I can name a million pieces of tr- infinite amount of art that's been created to this day. That's on the surface, beautiful, but below that, just below it, it has no lasting power. And I wonder mm-hmm. what that is. I think it's mostly just connected to intrinsically connected to, to what we value as humans, which is um, some sort of value to the human story. I think some sort of like, what are you adding mm-hmm. to the, the, what is, what is William saying about himself as a human in this experience? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting the like what gives a piece that that lasting thing that makes it you know last ten years or like make it makes it important or you know there are millions of art pieces or you know projects all the time like what makes your project stand out like what makes a good project um, like there might not be an answer because you know because it's subjective that's right but there's but universal projects there's universal truths yeah, yeah. I, I believe so there's some but sorry you're saying there's some projects yeah that you know that last longer or that that a lot of people like a lot mm-hmm. so there's you know there's some sort of key out there let's dig into that can you when you think of that is there a project that comes to mind that you're like hmm, I, I think that this has that lasting power it's been inspirational for me i've come back to it multiple times there's something uh, there are a lot of a lot of them yeah same. i mean i yeah. it it depends um uh alberto miego sure you know? yeah of course yeah like all of Which his one stuff. of his projects i uh i mean the windshield wiper mm-hmm. I've, lo- I've i've watched that a lot of times yeah and i've watched uh Hibaru and uh, the witness like i've just watched them a lot of times mm-hmm. and there's there's something um you know, special about his work and his his style of of uh, like he's very stylized, mm-hmm. but his like he just captures the feeling sort of like the feeling of the real world. So that's like almost more realistic than a rendering of it. Mm-hmm. It's like a caricature um, of reality seen through yeah. his lens, and then but it seems and feels more real. It's very unique. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And. Uh, it's all very it's all very pretty it's all very it's also technically like pretty like with Mm -hmm. with his clothing and his like the style and the colors like he has everything sort of baked in Mm -hmm. yeah but i mean at this point in his career when you look at his projects there's enormous team of talent that is pushing these things to life yeah which is yes yes. something that i have to also acknowledge and everybody has to when we look at alberto's work is he is a visionary director at this point and he's able Mm. to to manage these incredible teams yeah to manifest you know i mean that's really impressive sponge was attached to uh yibaro as i 
But yeah, right. Yeah. And and so you have this talent pool of incredible mm-hmm. and and I'm not taking anything away from Alberto because Alberto is I mean, it's clear as day. I'm a massive fan. He's incredible. It's it's such a well, I'm I'm thankful that he exists in our life now because of his work and how inspirational yeah. it is. And and I knew you're gonna say his work because he is that director that we look to in our world, which is a small CGI world that is like well, this is the best, you know, for various yeah. reasons. But it also, he's telling a human story, you know, like the witness was like mm-hmm. intrinsically connected to his perception and take on that part of his own reality or of experience. I don't know. I don't want to step onto what he was saying there in that film, yeah. but it felt deeply connected to a potential situation in his life, I think, you know, mm-hmm. in a very abstract way. But, yeah. Yeah. Like everybody has, story to tell mm. i think like Whether they know it or not yeah exactly like you can it could be like the most boring person ever and they still have a you know a unique story to tell about being boring yeah right <laughs> you're like there's always something yeah um so that's really interesting like there there must be something that we just deeply like about humans or like about ourselves hundred percent stories about ourselves. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're tapping into the zeitgeist of what it is to be human. And I think that's, uh, that's it where we don't have the answers to the main questions of life, really, no matter who you are. Yeah. And we, uh, we're just, we're just randomly going through the chaos of life, which is crazy, you know, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> and just holding on. And I think art, when it's really exemplified and, and, and celebrated, it, in my opinion, I think it's, it's when it's deeply connected to some sort of spiritual human connection, which I think is really yeah. important. Yeah. With impetus, where, where did that kind of, where did that come from? Um, I mean, I, I always have some sort of, or not always, but I try to have some sort of vague feeling that I want to, like, that's something I, I kind of, I'm trying to achieve like, like recently, like being able to, um, make something, make a piece of art, you know, an animation or, you know, project that can um, wake some sort of emotion in the viewers. Um, and like that emotion was sort of um, not completely right. Something is off, like off-putting basically. Mm-hmm. And like the feeling, I mean, in the text, um, like the fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. which is, you know, everyday life for for everybody mm-hmm. and like especially now uh i feel mm-hmm. and i see i feel like a lot of people can relate to that um and hopefully you know that that brings like being able to wake the emotion of someone like some someone feel like watching my thing and then feeling something afterwards mm-hmm. um I, uh, that's pretty cool i think <laughs> that was like the goal well it's achieved and um you know i think seeing what you did with Volta, I was like, this is rad. He's figuring this out. And then when I saw that, I was like, I need to talk with you because I think that <laughs> you, that, that for me is like, okay, now he's really starting to, for, in my opinion. And again, this is just my subjective opinion. Now you're starting to really play with things in a way where I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this is really getting to be very interesting <laughs> because you are doing that, which I think is fascinating. Um, you, you are playing in that arena where you're like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Potentially, you know, I'm supposed to be playing yeah. with emotions. I'm a magician. Yeah. Here. 
You know, I'm supposed to open your mind up and then put stuff stuff in there. And I always say, mm. like, the way I process, I like to do my work is I like to finish it to about eighty percent, and then like let the audience finish the last twenty percent because then they oh. they are they're they're artists with me. So how do you how do you mean that they finish the rest of your work? You leave what it ambiguous mean? enough so that they imply they they the viewer and oh right poses their thought. I see. I and see. They finish okay. the thought. They, I go here. Yeah. Here's a, I'm going to crack the door open. You can enter if you want to. And then if mm-hmm. they enter, they go, oh, what did that mean? And they, oh, it's why, why I love like certain director's films that would just use like Stanley Cooper because he's like kind of like the icon of to talk about. But like a lot of times I think he would open up a door for you and you would go, why was that there? You know, and yeah. what did that mean? And then you start to you start to finish the work yourself. I mean, how many visual yeah. video studies have you seen on I mean, again, I'm just using Stanley as an example because he's so... You're lagging up for me. Oh, can you hear me? Robot time? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay, cool. Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I got to love technology. And you're all the way on the other side of the world too, so uh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, man, it's fucking... It's sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like oh. there's... you sort of plunging into a deeper level with your art. Or like it's not just a visual piece. Mm-hmm. Um like there, I w- there's probably a lot of ca- categories to play with, or you know, infinite. Like you can you can wow someone with with something really cool, like something technically really cool, or you can make something that's kind of simple, but that makes people think. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are probably endless possibilities. Endless. That's what's so cool about art, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's what's in you coming out. What a crazy thing! Yeah, you know, like a fascinating thing. I think that. I think that when we, and this is just me again, being an artist and devoting my whole life to it is when you remove all of the, all of the, like the human, like uh, needing to eat and sleep and procreate and all these things. When you remove all Mm -hmm. of those things, really what you are is just a creator. You're just creating and you're communicating. Cause like, let's say, let's talk about piano. It's a form of communication via a musical instrument. You're pushing emotions mm-hmm. if you're doing it right. Yeah, you can, you can you know just play it around and stuff. But when you're really playing it, when you're actually finding mm-hmm. the melodies from within, let's say like Mozart yeah. for example, like Mozart was just using a high level of communication to convey emotion. It's another form of language, you know, mm-hmm. as I feel it. But I think art is is the same thing in a lot of ways when done correctly. Again, I'm yeah. imposing a lot of my own opinions of art. <laughs> I, I feel like art is a very high level. And it's very important and very special. That, but that's because I dedicated my life to it. Um, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. So <laughs> definitely, but yeah, man, I love I love piano. There, it's definitely like that that language thing you're talking about. Like with Blender too, like another like being able to flow and like use it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I really like about piano. Like sitting down there's always this sort of nagging feeling like i need to play piano right now Mm. to sort of relieve it Mm. because like melodies or you know feelings in my head like you can just sort of play them isn't that crazy on the piano yeah you can't say them in words but you can play a piano right and get the emotion out clear how dimensionally Mm -hmm. that's we're not we're we're pretty dimensional as beings i think we're not as dimensionally as much as I i would hope we would be but showing that that is a perfect example of i can't say it with english or whatever form of words that come out but here is Mm -hmm. what i feel like here 
musically. Yeah. Which is fantastic. It's amazing. Like we all we all have we all have things that we want to um what what do you like show the world or something. Like we need to show that we exist or you know produce something of value. And whether that's through like the English language or through some sort of art medium or you know through anything, mm. I think there's there could be some you know deep thing pulling us to uh, express ourselves, mm. and yeah. like maybe piano is the best way to express that certain certain feeling, or you know maybe visual art is uh, it's different, or maybe it's a big mix of all of them. You know, like certain things for piano is like. I mean, you wouldn't say you're hungry using the piano, but you could convey a certain level of happiness or sullenness with the piano mm-hmm. probably better. And I think that's why we universally will go in droves as an audience and just watch somebody perform some sort of work of piano or music yeah. instrument, and we can just be absorbed in that emotion and that wavelength, mm-hmm. you know, which is fascinating. Yeah, that's really great that you have the yearning and the urge because that just shows that you have a pursuit. You know, I, I feel and nothing, yeah. nothing better in life than having a pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if you have an Definitely. intention and a pursuit, do your, are your family, are, are they creative as well? I'd say so. Yeah. My, my, my dad loves, like, he's pretty creative and he does a lot of coding, mm. like sort of a lot Another of things. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, my mom uh, likes to paint mm. and, yeah we're we're pretty creative say that's great i mean that's good to live in a house where it's um celebrated yeah Yeah. definitely and understood because it isn't it's a kind of a unique thing to to do to do art at a young age at the level that you're doing it i think it should be celebrated obviously um and pushed and motivated and inspired upon you know so that's good that you have that and it's cool that you have the support and and the lifestyle to be able to do that because not everybody's has yeah. that and to know that not everybody has the ability to have these kind of things it's really good that you have um you have support that will you know allow you to to basically yeah make the work that you do which definitely is yeah yeah i mean if i wouldn't have gotten access to like a computer in such a young age mm-hmm. probably you know might have missed the whole blender thing or you know whatever yeah um, are you happy so with for that i'm very fortunate what, are you happy with where you are with your work and where you kind of have come from in the process? I mean, I always, right now I'm sort of at a weird state, I feel. Mm. Or, it, I don't know, there's there's just a feeling that's kind of always there because things are slowing down for me right now. Or that's what it feels like because I'm spending more time on my projects. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's other stuff going on in my life too. Like, you know, I have to... Uh, focus more on my social life and school and things like that because how's that going it's going a lot better mm. than you know uh a few years ago like because yeah, um, you're a covid child yeah that's tough because yeah you're isolated right. yeah and it's uh, a very I mean, important time of your life too socially right now there's there's not any isolation but uh, like the covid numbers are going up again i i, I have no idea I mean, what um, I mean is uh, I'd imagine Sweden was just like the rest of the world, kind of everybody just isolated themselves for like a year or two. Well, well, not really, because Sweden was kind of weird. We we sort of said no to that. Oh, wow. I'm not very, you know, sure. But we did have uh, like 
homeschool or not homeschooling, but social distancing school okay. for like half a year. Okay. So then um, was it, so then you had, you were around other people and friends and stuff. So yeah. Um, Somewhat. But like during that time I was kind of lonely and I just, I only focused on blender during that time, which is really good for my, for my blendering and for my, for my, creativity sure but you know it's not in a you know a good mental space and you know i was not doing very good in school either mm. so you know, that has, has gone a lot better yeah. right exactly <clears throat> the vector thing i'm mm. moving using all my force in that direction mm. and it's pushing me further in another direction yeah well there's only so much time and energy right on the trajectory yeah and it's really rare. Some people can have multiple trajectories in life, but that's often only if they have the support from others, meaning they can clone themselves into other people. Directors can do that yeah. or they, you know, but that's, that's a whole social game, you know, that's like using your, your, your strength to uh, like affect others. Yep. So they can help you sort of like warping the world around you to become, Basically. I think Better Steve Jobs life. used a, a quote or he would say this thing. And I think it comes from Star Trek, a reality distortion fields. He would take mm-hmm. a reality and then he would distort it, but he wouldn't do it himself necessarily. He would just surround himself with people that would facilitate his vision. Yeah. Um, you yourself, you can't really do that much on your own, but you a, can, you can, you can manage other people and, you know, combine the forces. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, like there's a ceiling. Right. Like you're hitting right. it with certain things. You're like, oh, wow. Like there's a certain level. Yeah. When we look at like, let's say Alberto's work, like when we look at it intrinsically, mm-hmm. we want to believe that everything is coming from within. But that's a team yeah. effort. You know, if you think about it. Yeah. With an incredible director who has got probably the best in, in this space, I would say, like the the, 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 the the dedication to his craft and the art and stuff. And I really need to get him on because it's hard to talk about his work without him explaining his yeah, work. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to, and if Alberto, if you're listening to this, I don't want to misconstrued anything either. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, I'm too much of a fan of who he is as an artist and a person to, to, to deflect anything. But, um, I only bring it up cause we mentioned him, but, mm-hmm. but if you think about the work, if you think about the work he was doing independently solo and then the magnitude of work now be, being attached to teams and having, yeah. you know, a hundred people underneath that momentum when we look at the final work we just there's nothing short of a, of amazement and you think about like yeah. a musician for example let's say like the band U2 or Metallica or whatever like of course there's them but there's an army behind them that's moving a city mm-hmm. <laughs> to make those <laughs> those events happen for us all to experience you know so yeah have you thought about that like teaming up with people or becoming more of a director or like i mean this is probably bigger thoughts and i'm taking notes down too so when i'm typing i'm taking notes down of things you said because i want to come back to the fear of unknown and slowing down yeah yeah. have you thought about like expanding making a team potentially or having people work with you well like right now i i'm sort of you know doing school and things like that so yeah (laughs) just kidding that school is awesome well i'm i'm not sure whether i should go to college or not um like I'm not really sure, at all, but, but I'll, you know, be deciding that later. But mm. like, there's definitely pros and cons mm. um, with both options. But I, you know, it would be really cool. Like my, my dream goal is just uh, traveling everywhere and, you know, being with friends mm. and like doing 
doing my art. That's, but I'm not sure how that, that'll be, you know, mm. like what doing, do doing client work mm. in a couple of years will not really, I'm not sure, you know, how that will be. Yeah. Like having artists doing the, the visuals for a big company where, you know, you could probably use AI or something like that. Um, Maybe, but you know, we don't know how it's going to be. No one does. Yeah. yeah. But like having, having your artistry, like there's something, there's still something um, special with being a human. hundred percent. And like, if you are able to um, uh, like get value for your art and not for the art itself, like, mm. like having value in yourself, mm. I think that's pretty important to be able to, you know, live the, the dream of like doing whatever, um, but still, you know, creating art. That's it. Well, you already figured it out, man. That's it. I mean, that's what I think. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. It's a universal truth. All of the work that this is how it works for me. And I think I might've mentioned this on the podcast, but I spend a specific amount of time on client work to make sure that I feed my family and we get yeah. those are at bay. The rest of my time is my time, which is for me mm-hmm. to fail and succeed and to do my own things. And from all that, all the passion projects come. And all the passion yeah. projects then fuel everything else because mm-hmm. if you put that out in the world. And sure, we'll, we definitely will dig into AI art because I'm really fascinated because you are a young artist and you're coming out in the space, but you're also at a certain level. And I'm really curious because all this is, all this noise is happening. But to touch back mm-hmm. on the, the idea that you're thinking about potentially going to college or not, it's very fascinating for me to look at what you are doing now and where you might want to go. And if your goal is to travel and, and do your art, I mean, you could hundred percent do that, you know? But. Yeah. I think if you just, if I put enough effort and time into it, I think, it, you know, I'm not really that worried mm-hmm. uh, like about the future because I just know that I'll be able to do like achieve what I want if I just really put my mind to it. And I think that's yeah. really true for, for a lot of people, not all people, like you just, you'd need to have the resources to put, put down that energy to travel like in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just need to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and good point. Cause yeah, not everybody can achieve those things. And I think that when you mentioned luck as being a factor of your success and I would equate a big percentage of my success as being lucky as well, being, being in my time and being where I'm at in the world and financially Mm. being able to like scratch out some sort of existence. Um, yeah, but it it is true. Like, you know, the one thing I like to look at and think about is like, like Da Vinci, for example, like he's an artist that often comes to mind because I don't look at him as an artist. I look at him as a human being because I've studied him and, Mm -hmm. uh, Leonardo, Da Vinci, he, he, in my opinion, he, you know, he went through the master, master apprentice program and had a lot of failures in his life, but a, a lot of successes. And, and ultimately he was just a very curious, hard working, driven person. But the key of him was curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the essential of part of, of the artist creation, which is being curious of the world. Yeah. And filling your art with curi- like answering your curiosities with your work, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we humans can just, or I don't know, but, like i wonder if we humans can without having a goal having some like when when you when i look back at like history 
like we have we have tried like we be we are creative because we we try to accomplish something something mm -hmm. in the world like whether that's engineering something that's going to make life easier or whether you're trying to con convey a certain emotion or you know um like you know ai art like if we all get replaced by robots so we eliminate all the the pain and suffering there will only be sort of pain and suffering i i fear <laughs> but i'm not sure like we we can't know like i've had a lot of uh, interesting discussions mm -hmm. on discord with people about this and everybody's so divided like some people mm -hmm. think that it's gonna go like, really bad and that it won't work mm -hmm. and some are really optimistic it'll do both and, of those things i think yeah yeah it's probably. killing it's killing and giving birth at the same time that's why it's right. so divisive it's literally yes. killing and, and giving birth at the same time yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um there's there's apparently like more more jobs getting generated than jobs getting lost or something uh depends on what, how you look at it yeah you know yeah i think that's why it's intrinsically connected to the human condition because it's it's doing two things at once two very friction-based things which is giving birth is a very friction-based and killing mm -hmm. is very friction-based and i think it's intrinsically connected to us spiritually because it is so divisive and so disruptive it's getting us to think hey making a shiny beautiful thing is no longer the goal because the machine can mm -hmm. do better so why are we doing what we're doing and i think a lot of people just get lost in in doing things for the wrong reason i think so i think they're doing mm -hmm. it for like you know fixing past trauma or trying to resolve some sort of emotional thing that they went through using art as a device to kind of get likes and follows to feel some sort of place in this world but when you get past that that none of that shit matters. Mm -hmm. What matters is what you're doing, why you're doing it, you know? Um, and I guess that's also a thing. That's what art can be therapy. So um, I don't know. So, yeah. 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 What, what makes art like, what is the right reason to create art? There is none. There is no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. would you be doing, would you be doing art if you were the only person in the world? I think at this point in my life, yeah, I think I'm just going to do art the way I'm going to do it. So in, let's get into the AI thing because I've, I've been on all the beta for this stuff. I've been using it for a while. I saw the wave mm -hmm. coming like a year, a year and a half ago or so. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. this is a huge thing. And I mm -hmm. was telling people, but they were like, yeah, yeah. And now it's like, oh, shit. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's really insane. It's a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift on all levels. And there's been so yeah. many things that's happened with digital art, uh, like authorship via nft technology blockchain that's a whole nother thing that being connected to some sort of like really volatile currency that's all new and being tested constantly so that shifts art value all over the place in regards to digital mm -hmm. art but now the ai thing which is just wild you mentioned you have a lot of conversations on discord and, and i'm sure at large what are some of the takeaways that you've had when kind of like getting a broad picture of this whole space we, we we won't we don't know how we're gonna adapt to it as it's such a significant change, like it feels almost unpredictable, uh, or you know it is unpredictable, but sort of impossible to predict uh, what will what we'll do and how we'll adapt. Isn't that great though? Because we should never be comfortable and think that we can adapt and know the future. Yeah, you hit you set your trajectory right. Let's talk about the vector again. On the mm -hmm. vector, you're going. I'm gonna make this jump but I'm calculating by the 
all of my calculations that if I make this jump and put this much effort, mm-hmm. I will land here. Yeah. But the AI, don't know, boom, and there's no landing <laughs> and you're falling. Yeah. But it's up to you because it's your trajectory to say, now I'm going to make new rules. I'm going to create mm-hmm. zero G rocket boosters or whatever. And then <laughs> this trajectory can go wherever I want. Yeah. I think exactly. that's what I'm saying. It's coming down to who you are, what kind of, what's in you facing adversity and what can come out of that. You know, you're yeah. either going to go cry baby style on it or you're going to go, this is awesome. This is a tool. It doesn't mm-hmm. really change the way that I work, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Trajectories, vectors, uh, reactions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot it. But it, it was something really good. <laughs> damn it, Will. Damn yeah. <laughs> no, well, damn, but it's damn it me. Um, Okay, it'll come back, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I think we were saying that there's just unknown. This is unknown, right? And Yeah. Oh, right. So, like, we... I think it's sort of pointless to think about the... Um, uh, the, the technicality of things. Mm-hmm. But, like, try to... Um, try to... Um, calculate how it will how we will react to it like because we just don't know how we will react to it it's too uh, big like, of a problem it's too big of a it's yeah exactly it's, too, it's, t- it's cognitively would take too many cycles for you to even concept it like conceptualize it and by the time you've s- finally kind of conceptualized a, a, a little bit of the view of it mm-hmm. it's uh, it's changed it's like looking yeah. at a fractal that's kind of shifting you're like Oh, I want to freeze it. Or like looking at the ocean going, I'm upset about that one wrinkle on the back of the wave over there. It's like, mm-hmm. that fucking, it means shit. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how we'll, how we'll react. Like things are going so fast now. So fast. Yeah. So like, rapid. I'm only watching like YouTube news if it's like one day old or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and even and that's like, biased will, and wrong. <laughs> yeah. Likely. Like, will, will it be, will, like the world be moving too fast for us to get a grasp of things. Yeah. I think it already is. I felt like it's been moving too fast for a long time. And I think simply because there's too many humans and there's too much chaos going on. There's people dying right now. There's people living right now. There's people being born. The chaos of life is just yeah, insane. We're, we're right, designed like, around like a hundred person tribe, <laughs> you know, like if you think about it, because think about how many people you've in, interacted with and encountered in your life. And that's really common, like for a human experience to have like potentially five to 10 close friends and, cl- and then some family members. And then outside mm-hmm. that you have secondary levels. And then it's just, yeah, it's mind boggling that there's this many people on the planet with the chaos that's going on. <laughs> yeah, there, it's just like a pulp. Like there's just, you can't grasp it. Like you can't really put anything, you can't really organize things. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Like yeah. trying to, we, we want to understand the world, but it's changing so fast and things are true and false at the same time. Yeah. It almost feels like. Well, that's all based on your perception of reality too, you know, which yeah. is in, again, connected to like your personal snowflake experience of life which is mm. ever-changing and melting and reforming, which is like insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, sorry, I get all this. I think with this stuff, it's just fascinating. And and also, like, 
you know, things like YouTube are, are an echo chamber too, because the algorithm feeds you what you want. So that's also biased. Yeah. And it's really scary because if all of a sudden you start watching a certain thing, you're just going to get more of it because it's mm-hmm. based on the design. You can't f- play, you can't blame the design of it, but it is happening so rapidly. This is what I would take yeah. away from Cause have you, have you used Midjourney and uh, in the, have you used the tools yet? Yeah. I've used Dolly Midjourney mm-hmm. all that. Haven't tried stable diffusion though. I hear stable diffusion is really interesting as well. What, what's your takeaway when you make something in there? What does it feel like to you? It feels like I'm getting free, free. It feels a little too good almost. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just getting free art. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because there's just like millions and millions of art pieces mm-hmm. or like images. And all of that energy is being able to, you know, to spit out new things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of feels like, like free energy almost mm-hmm. a little too too good to be true but it doesn't really have any any like it just floats there it doesn't have anything built like backing it up like if you have a real art piece there's like an artist behind it mm-hmm. but it um say like if you have i don't know how many like images it's gotten trained trained on but let's let's say it's like it's in 100 the in the billions yeah really right so the value of that say say you have an artist creating a, an art piece or taking a photo that that uh, the value of that is one like one one human and then then you look at the the image getting spit out by an ai and that's like one divided by a billion mm-hmm. sort of like that yeah do you feel like it's your work when you do the prompt art mm I'm not sure. I don't think so. But then it will probably, honest. you know, yeah, I haven't thought a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it feels like I'm just, you know, giving directions. But, you know, I guess that is, you know, it's like a director. being a director, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you're directing a multitude of artists and then you get the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what the core of it. I mean, you said it perfectly. I, I, I agree. That's when I started using it, I was like, well, this is weird because mm. this is what it's doing. It's for me, it's, it's taking my ability to touch the art and I could be completely wrong, but I like that suffer part as much as I hate it. Yeah. Complain about it. I like being able to go through that process of that's the weird thing the work. It is you, weird. You, yeah. the, that's the, the off putting feeling or, you know, the, because we need the suffering. Like there's always a balance between suffering and like, you can't be happy with having, been sad before because if you're only happy or at a level that's not fluctuating you know that's just doesn't really work yes uh, a, a life that's filled of variety <clears throat> is a life that's that's lived yeah you know and uh exactly and i think that's what art is and i think art when it's really doing its thing is it's it's connected to that and um as great as it is for like say commercial purposes because if and you're in this wonderful place in your life because you don't do client work right or do you do client work? Yeah, I okay. do like once every million years. <laughs> At 16 years, uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> a million years of experience. But yeah, so you're not connected necessarily to this machine called capitalism and art and all this kind of stuff, which is, yeah. it's, I'm just going to tell you now, it's a beautiful thing that you're not, yeah, your work isn't attached to it yet on yeah. multiple levels. Because when your art can survive through that machine, it's it's almost a miracle. 
And yeah. this device is made perfectly for that machine. And I think it's accelerating because of our consumption rate. We're all consuming mm. so rapidly of everything around us. We're all overdosing yep. on it, you know? Like, when's the last time you just sat and looked at something and just sat there and observed mm. something? It's a very rare thing, you know? I, for me, even, like, and I love doing that, and I understand the process of it. Like, what's the last time you sat and watched a film and didn't look at your phone or went out and looked at a sunset and didn't take a picture of it, you know? Every time you don't, you're not experiencing something raw, you're just not experiencing it in a lot of ways. Mm. Like yeah. I often don't even take pictures of shit because I'm like, the cell phone photos look shit anyway. So what's the point? <laughs> you know, like it's cool just to capture to say like I was there and that's the moment I'm, and I'm this is great. I can't wait to think about it later. But ultimately, we're yeah. gonna look back at these and go like, yeah, I don't. know, It's just capturing memories mm. and stuff, which is really really wonderful as well. But um, I forgot where I was going. But the AI thing, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, like when you're there and you're making the art in quotes and you're putting in prompts it feels really odd to me yeah yeah and at the end of yeah, the day i'm oh, sorry go ahead you're taking out the, the suffering that's like the this the, the thing like um as i was saying before yeah it's just weird and i i wonder how we're going to adapt to that but i guess we're taking out the suffering all the time but that that doesn't work though yeah like we can't like yeah, we always sort of normalize our stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, if you compare the lives we are living today to the lives we were living like 500 years ago, yep. then we're going to be like so much higher up. But we still sort of normalize it between zero and one. That's right. Well, you mentioned it fear of the unknown, and you mentioned that that's more important now than ever. But I would argue that it's always been important because right? the whole human experience is based on fear of the unknown fear mm. of death when's death gonna happen and when's yeah. when's when's life gonna happen and when all these things and i think that's intrinsically connected you know and i think again this is just a huge bigger spiritual discussion to have because when we start to really and that's why i love this i love that this has come in and completely wrecked shop <laughs> it's because it's it's yeah. basically it's uniting a lot of people dividing many people and i love that because people really need to be woken and shook up not yeah. woke in the form of it is now, which is very annoying in a lot of ways. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, we need to to get um, get a take a step back. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really important been. with all all things. Yeah, like it applies to everything. Like there's so many people who are just like really zoomed in mm-hmm. and like really focused, and sort of you need to always know where you're at in like the whole there's a name for it or that i'd like to think of it like when you're doing ai you can sort of plot it on a in a space Mm. um and there's 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 a name for it Mm. Um, i like to think of it almost like well you don't drive now but you can imagine you're driving a car yeah you can either sit in the comfort of the car and the seat at the driving Mm -hmm. wheel and take control of the car and you have the air conditioning on, you can adjust everything to be as comfortable as you like, or you can be sitting in a passenger seat and let other people drive you, or you could be putting your face in the ground as it's driving along. The people that are zoomed in, they're putting their face right on the ground. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You're just causing harm to yourself. Like there's no Mm -hmm. need. 
I get it because a lot of people want to suffer through things and they want to feel like why. And again, I didn't, when we talked about removing suffrage, I don't, I think that there's masochism and then there's suffering. And then there's like, there's a, there's a, there's a level between the two, you know? Um, but that's what I felt when I, when I encountered these softwares, which was like, this is cool. When I first started using it, I got instantly addicted to it. Cause I was like, Oh, it's just generating so much. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a Google search of the future. It was like the first time I encountered Google. I was like, wow, what about this? And what about that? Yeah. But I instantly, after about a week, I was like, oh, okay. And I just started going back to doing what I wanted to do because I realized yeah. that it wasn't <laughs> it. Did it happen? Does the same thing for you? Yeah, definitely. I was like hooked. I was just doing it over and over and over. And it was so cool, you know. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it doesn't have any value. Is that why? Me. Is that why you stopped? It, it just, it feels just like plastic or, you know, <laughs> it, it's not, yeah. Um, so like, it's cool on the surface, but there's nothing underneath. The quote is from you, AI art feels like plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put that in the title. <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, if, if, I mean, yeah, I think, and it, what's interesting is a lot of people are entering at different levels right now. So like you have people that are in first encountering mid-journey right now, right now, and they're going, holy mm-hmm. shit, I'm an artist now. Yeah. And then and then you have other people like ourselves who have gone through it and go, well, I'm, I'm an artist beyond this. Like this is really cool and I, and I, I enjoy this 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 whole thing this is cool but mm-hmm. i can go beyond this you know or i need to go beyond this i would imagine you get fulfillment from making your work in a i guess we can consider this an old version of itself you know like an old way of using art yeah would you use the because this is one thing i've been looking at it and i've been talking with friends about this is i would almost start wanting to use it stable diffusion and feed it my own work only and have it generate things mm-hmm. to almost be like a clone of myself giving me other ideas like this is what a future version of my <laughs> art would be is like if i make let's say I, i'll sculpt some stuff and maybe after this podcast i can show you some stuff you might some stuff oh, i'm yeah. working on but um go ahead and i generate like a bunch of paintings or characters and stuff and then i mm-hmm. feed it into stable diffusion let it run overnight when i wake up in the morning i have like a 100 options and I go oh this is interesting like it's yeah. just feeding off of my art not because uh, obviously, I mean, uh, I got to say it, the unethical quality of this thing is appalling and it's disgusting and it really needs to be fixed by using all of these people's art, myself included, yeah. unethically is bullshit and charging for it is garbage. Yeah, a, you shouldn't be charging for it. <laughs> I think that's... Uh, yeah, well, that's they say it's up. for study and, uh, <laughs> you know, all this. that's all bullshit though. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, but feeding your own art, like let's imagine, let's take like, all of the some key frames and ideas from impetus for example and mm-hmm. you're grabbing frames and things and let's say you spend the day and you start to render a couple of scenes you take those and then you feed it or like a character and you just feed it into the machine and then it kicks you back all of these like versions of it go, oh i like a little bit of that a little bit of this yeah then you kind of for inspiration 100 percent inspiration or give you motivation even too like I didn't think about it turning red there and oh that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's a weird thing to see. And, <laughs> and then it kind right. of yeah. Sort of extending your, your imagination a little bit. Yeah, it's like having a version of yourself like working with, yeah. you know, which I think ultimately that's where that's actually how I'm gonna start using this tool more. Um mm. haven't used it here and just same as like not using Blender. It's just like I already have a path of suffrage that I like <laughs> and adding one more path or angle to it, it's like 
I don't have a thirst for that personally because it doesn't in, impact the final outcome. Not to say yeah. that it's not, you know, uh, of importance or anything, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's interesting. The, like if, if I think about impetus, like I've been trying to, uh, you know, achieve photorealism and the effects of, you know, a camera taking a photo mm. sort of. Um, so like if I would just say, take a photo of a, a, uh, a bunch of cigarettes laying in like a puddle, yeah. you know, at face value. Sure. It's a cool, cool shot. But, you know, I'm just, it's just an observation of the real world taken, like, it doesn't have the same value as me, like, spending a lot of time, like, creating that shot, observing myself, and, you know, trying to recreate it by hand. Um, so, like, at, at face value, they're the same. They're not, you know, not exactly the same. But if I would completely recreate it, like, me recreating it is a lot cooler than just pressing a button or clicking a shutter. Yeah. Well, again, it comes down to what you value most. And, and, and I'm on your team when I agree that that's the truth. And I think that's why photography has had such an uphill battle in regards to proving its value to the world because of that mm -hmm. exact statement. Because a lot of times on the other side of things too, a photographer would say like, well, I, I was there at the time to capture that moment that doesn't ever exist there for after and there. Yeah, before. exactly. And then that was also an inspiration for the work that you were doing, which is a study of reality or something, you know, for example. Mm -hmm. But, um, but, and then on the other side, it's like, no, I have value to this because I actually created all the, the things. And then we go, you know, this is another argument I have intrinsically with a lot of digital artists too. It's like the one question I always get is like, did you model that? Did you texture that? Yeah. You're asking all the <laughs> core things. And I go like, at what point do we realize that that doesn't matter as much as the thing, you know? And, mm. um, I think that also comes down to other artists imposing their value on others just to make sure that they're validated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Which I get, yeah, definitely. I understand too. And I also acknowledge and appreciate, um, and I can totally see why people would want to, you know, impose their value. And I do it myself just to kind of clarify, you know, where I'm coming from and, is this fit for me? That's why I think the, the conversation of AI is really important too. I well, can't wait for another... a photographer. This is going to be great. <laughs> I'm looking at the shot that you're talking about. I was bringing it up when you're talking about it. Yeah, well, it's just another step then in, in the ladder of progress because, I mean, taking a photo is not the same thing as observing the world and recreating it in the 3D program. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. then creating something with AI is just another thing, but it's, it's just surface level. I think yes. there can always be something like, let's say you take a, like the photo of like, say earth, like the pale blue dot. Mm -hmm. Like that's just sure. It's a cool photograph, but someone could recreate it or create an even, you know, cooler photograph, but it has, you know, actual value behind it. Like something sort of, under the the face mm. and uh, i just don't get the same thing with ai ai generated art yeah yeah well i guess it all comes down to why you know yeah and i think that's fundamentally the reason why we should be talking about it because why are you using it if you and, and this is something that i said globally is that if you're using ai art to mm -hmm. create 
calmness mentally for you and you're using it as a as a device to 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 quell like mental illness and stuff like i'm a hundred percent behind that if doing this thing mm-hmm. gives you happiness but the moment you do it as an exchange of currency and start entering this into capitalist systems yeah. then you can't i'm sorry you cannot do that because it's unethical because what you're doing is you're taking some other things without compensating and that is wrong and the, yeah. the people that almost always suffer are the artists always be and that's because artists are raw artists are uh, exposed and artists mm-hmm. are are very um they just ex- like you know we're we're exposed human beings you know <laughs> and always yeah. musicians uh, writers creators of all sorts you know artists visual mm-hmm. artists digital artists uh, traditional artists all these things you know um but yeah i'm really surprised that you're not a photographer or you haven't gotten to photography yet it's it, because you if if you say you're really wanting to travel so the when I, I used to travel and I would get really um, not angry, but I would get very fussy emotionally mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't able to create. It was very frustrating yeah. for me when I travel because I'd be like, oh, I need to draw or create or something. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I got a camera, it was almost like a pacifier to a child. It was like it quelled. I was able to just capture mm-hmm. it and then I fell in love with it. And then I got into anamorphics and building my own camera systems and all these things. And Jeez. And then it's a big black hole. Like everything that you do, if you have intention, it'll just, you'll find, oh, this thing, so that thing. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it's just, like there's a. It all goes so deep. Always. Like if you look at anything, yeah. it, it could be a, a subject matter. It could be a real thing. Like you can just keep zooming in deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> and you just realize like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, a, a new perspective on the rest of the world. Like. I guess that's why people say like the more you know, the the less you know or whatever. Yes, and um, ignorance is, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. also stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really want to get get into, but you know, taking photos with my phone, um, like, uh, I don't really know where I was going, but um, I don't really find anything that I want to like capture around where I live. Mm. But I, I guess that's kind of stupid because you can find a good composition everywhere and like a good image, you but can. there's something, something extra with traveling somewhere, mm. traveling somewhere new and, you know, traveling somewhere beautiful or where I find it beautiful that I actually want to take photographs of like yeah. capturing the, those feelings. Yeah, well, it depends on how you're going to evolve with it. When I first started getting into photography, I thought the same, and then I realized there's a there's a photo everywhere if I'm willing to see it. All right. And then yeah. I started realizing that that then up my game personally, I was like, oh wow, like it's all here. It's just a matter of how you use it, and oftentimes you're using one light source. It's the sun, so it's mm-hmm. so simple and it's so beautiful. And then you realize, oh shit, for my CGI, I just need one light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to make something beautiful, I maybe just need two or three lights maximum. You know, yeah. A lot of people get caught up with all these other things, like all oh, these big setups and this and that. Um, mm-hmm. I started studying cinematography and cinematographers and their approach and negative fills and bouncing lights and all these kind of stuff. And I realized, mm-hmm. oh wow, like there's a way to be so poetic with this kind of work and really yeah. um, find a beautiful image within everything. And then when you find a cinematic moment in life, you go, wow, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was recently with a, a friend of mine. We were, uh, I had him on, uh, he's my friend, Anthony. He came down and him and I just got in my truck and we took our cameras. And for like five days, we just drove the truck 
all through Southern California and we captured some of the most amazing things. And when I was sitting there, I was almost crying. I was so like, uh, so like humbled by nature. We were watching the sunrise and the lake was lifting all the fog. And it was just like, it was just a, a cinematic, uh, Mm-hmm. I, I told, I looked at Anthony, I said, I think this is my religion. I'm not a religious guy. I don't, you know, I think this is my faith. It's like, it's like capturing God or nature or whatever it is. It's just mm-hmm. seeing it and observing it and using it as a thing. So yeah, yeah I think it's going to be so special for you and I can see it in your work too. And I'm so excited for that because yeah, your work is intrinsically, you're just like a, you're like a modern day photographer in an interesting way by using, <laughs> by using the, 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 the digital camera, which is the computer yeah. camera, <laughs> just really crazy. <laughs> How do you right. find your compositions? Because let's, I mean, let's talk about impetus and actually I'm going to share my screen mm-hmm. and I'll just show you what I'm looking at. Cause we'll look at the same thing here. Let's see. I don't know if this is cool. Let's go through some of the, like how you oh, kind of discover things. Um, more or less curious about it. And I'm sure fans of your work and people that are getting to know you right now, are probably curious as well once they start to understand <laughs> where your work comes from. But we meant you mentioned this shot, for example. Yeah. Um, oh man, I wanna I wanna show how that shot was looking. Like before like all the shots I do, they look so bad. I mean that's you know that's the case for everybody. Mm. But they just look so like really, really bad until you sort of you know you you hit it a few times until it you know starts looking good mm. um, was the turning stage for you was it the lighting it was completely rethinking it mm. because my original idea was a sort of cyberpunky lighting like some so there's a, a street shot later on mm. and i thought i was gonna have like the same sort of environment um and like it was this one no, it's it's the guy standing with the the cigarette. It's the little, yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. So it's sort sort of this lighting, mm-hmm. um, nighttime, neon. and it just looked, yeah, it just looked really horrible. Mm. Um, and I I don't really know exactly why, um, like, and I had a completely different like composition, and uh, you know, you couldn't. I, I really like the muddiness in the water here. You're putting us in the water and the mud too, which is interesting. And what you're yeah. saying is also interesting too. <laughs> That's why it's so um, powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, the well, I, the new is yet to be born. All these dead I, ashes and stuff. <laughs> nice. I I like the the um, the opening being the lily pads, and then having mm-hmm. the same camera move, movement. You know, just cutting cutting harshly into, you know, where we are right now with the cigarettes and the. <laughs> In the mud and everything. This is design, then, right? You did huh? this. You did this. You designed that that movement for us, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This is um, what I'm talking about. Again, connecting and and sorry to keep interrupting, but you're starting to play the magic, which is yeah. You're taking, and this is just me observing your work and being a fan of it, and seeing you evolve. It makes me so excited because you're taking, you're playing this game now, which is what you should be doing, which is <laughs> how can I push people's emotions and how can I get them to yeah. think about things? And let me put my, let me put you in the mud with me as I say these words. And How do you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, how does that make yeah. you think? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's really, it's really fun playing with that. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I'm struggling a lot with 
what I'm going to be doing next. Mm. Okay, let's talk uh, because about that. we can go through the shots. Oh, you want to go through the shots? To. Let's go through the shots. I mean, yeah, yeah that's fun. Yeah, okay, let's do that. And then, <clears throat> then I definitely I have it on my list too to talk about the what's coming because we should talk about that because that there's always a feeling after an artist yeah makes something when you empty yourself out then you have to fill mm-hmm. yourself back in. There's always this uh this thing where you're like oh man. <laughs> Right, I, I have to fill it up, but we'll get into that. You want to talk yeah. about this shot? Um, okay, so there's it's kind of hard. <laughs> mm, don't feel like to, no, to, you can yeah, move but me I'm, around. I'm thinking about it. Mm. Um, Not every I shot mean, has to have a meaning, or you have to know it too. You know, this. I mean, if I'm gonna rank the shots, I would say this is my my least favorite one. Mm, that's because, actually good to talk about then. Yeah. And I'm not really sure sure why that is. Like, it doesn't really have. It's sort of just setting the stage for and setting like the 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 mood of the of the like the the scene that comes after it. Do you think and work on paper when you line these? Yeah. Up? Okay. Good. I was yeah. gonna ask. I do the same thing. Yeah. I yeah. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Being able to work in like, the real world. Sketch a whole forest with just like a few strokes. <laughs> Yeah. Versus, you know, placing every tree. <laughs> Are you left really or cool. left or right-handed? Uh, I'm right-handed. Right-handed, okay. And you do you have a sketchbook that you keep with you? Often? Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Just where I write things down, where I where I sketch things, mm. um, come up with shot ideas. Does I like to just sketch? create. Hmm? Sorry, you'd like to create what? It's a storyboard before. Mm you know, where I'm in the stage of finding a new thing. Yeah. Um, it's like a bookmark but, to your ma- to your mind. That's why. Yeah, I exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It helps I will you come often, back to it. I will often get like sort of fake motivation or I'm not sure if that's the, that's sort of, you know, how I interpret it, but I will get, like I got it a few days ago. I was uh, browsing Pinterest. Like <laughs> Pinterest is, is mm-hmm. how I, that's how I nurture my creativity. Honestly. Among other things, though, but like just browsing ideas. But I, I, you know, got in into that flow where I saw an image, like, oh, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, and then I, then I sort of sparks the story in my head, mm-hmm. and then I sort of scroll past that, and you know, I see another image, and I kind of add that, um, and I get this feeling of you know, oh, this project is going to be great. This is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I then I think about it for you know a few a few minutes or like an hour afterwards, mm-hmm. and then I realize oh, this this doesn't really fit together. Um, I don't really have an actual plan. It's like it's it's really it's really hard to describe it. Mm-hmm. And then I try to you know storyboard it down, and I'm realizing like fuck, there's there are human faces in this idea, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, dude, the uncanny valley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah man i bought a face scan from 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 the what's called the 3d scan 3D. store like, yeah that's a great resource for us yeah yeah mm-hmm. it was really cool mm-hmm. just you know i didn't really have much of a, a plan but i just messed around with it metahuman is um, also quite impressive too does that plug does that work for blender metahuman i'm not sure i haven't really looked into it much like i kind of used the website thing when it came out mm-hmm. um but I, you know, it it looks like a game. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Um, but that's probably just because that's what I'm I'm focusing more on the real world, I guess. Yeah. Um so that's sort of how I will judge things. Yep. Yeah, you look at the real world and go, This looks yeah, like this still doesn't look right. And I agree too. Mm-hmm. It's all in the details because you don't have to be a professional artist to know when a human doesn't look right because you're a professional human because that's your yeah. reality. <laughs> you know, so which makes exactly. it easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm curious I mean, though, and, and we I think we all I, I do the same thing or I used to. I, I there was projects that I used and built based off of the like using Pinterest as a as a spiritual guide. Um mm-hmm. and if you think about how AI works, it's kind of doing the same thing. It's just yeah. faster, right? It's gathering all the references, it's got the prompt mm-hmm. which you have in your mind, which is I need to be inspired, and then you go and find these weird things and you assemble and through this through this demulsification of your imagination, everything that rises yeah. to the surface is what is lasted and everything else goes to the bottom and then you just keep iterating on top of that. So I think that's why it's so that's, demoralizing. <laughs> I actually, when talking about impetus, I kind of forgot about it, but um, I used Dali a lot for inspiration in the mm-hmm. beginning. There you go. Um, so see if I can... Yeah, yeah, there were some, some really cool images. Um, I don't know if I can... Yeah, if you just want to share your screen, share them. I'm just I'm just capturing That'd be this. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just have to find them first. Yeah, no worries. Uh, but you know that was really cool being able to kind of you know look into my mind and get inspired by that, mm-hmm. and you know sort of iterating. Like yeah, it's really fast to get a like you can have sort of thoughts and ideas that are kind of vague. Yeah, and when you actually sort of yeah Dolly and Mid Journey help to sort of realize you know your ideas see if like if you have an idea in your your head yes you think it's really cool and then you know you type it in and it's like okay that didn't really really work (laughs) which i guess it comes down to you knowing what you want intrinsically at the at the start of the of the race you know Um, yeah and then because what you're doing now at the level you're doing it you're able to cheat the the method by like not cheat the method but like you've you've managed to bend the program to your will. Oh, I understand yeah. how water works. I, I have this raft thing that I got off this asset or I built this thing and mm-hmm. I know how light works and I know how to expose for this and let me make yeah. this composition better. And also this aspect ratio is wild. It's like a cube. <laughs> it's like the one, is it a well, one-to-one? No, that's, I think it's four by three or it's IMAX. Yeah, it's, it's IMAX? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Are you doing um, some Hoyt von Hoytemeyer style stuff? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I saw, uh, I saw something in IMAX. Mm. I don't remember. No, <laughs> what it was. You sat there but in the dark like, for hours and didn't remember what it was. What happened? No, it was Dune. Sorry. <laughs> oh um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, Dune. Oof, what a what. That's so impressive. Ah oh, man, uh, big. You've seen Avatar. I've not watched Avatar, but I mean, Dune. I watched like, uh, I think I watched it like three or four times. Usually, I watch Greg Fraser's cinematography at least two or three times, and I first get it out, especially in theater, because it's just. It's all coming at you yeah. at such a level. Yeah. I think I've watched Dune like four or five times to be honest. <laughs> it's yeah. It's you can watch so that inspiring. movie on mute and just get all stoked on it. <laughs> it's like Man, yeah. just seeing Okay, I found I didn't really find a lot. I'm trying to get Greg on the podcast. <laughs> I'm really excited Ooh. about that. He's he's a very kind, nice person and <laughs> it'll be Man, really great. I'm imagine. gonna bring up all the shots and be like, explain this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah like but yeah Man, you gotta do that for me i've i've said like when i was doing uh volta i mm. was pixel peeping all all your shots man 
<laughs> uh, it's for, too kind <laughs> for the answers. Mm. It's really cool. That I think that's um when I mean it's what's interesting is there's always there's always a level in which we're students to one another, you know, and I think that that's what makes it really great. Like I yeah, I, I, let's talk about Greg for example as being a huge inspiration for me personally. Like Greg Fraser's cinematography is yeah how he observes the world and bends light to his value. Yeah. It's just wonderful, and 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 it's so important that he is doing what he's doing by chasing his own vision, and it's also mm-hmm. so important for you because let's I mean those two sh- those two first shots that we were talking about in the beginning. When I first saw that, I was like, okay, yes, this is I'm pulling, I'm getting an energized from this. It's making me go because sometimes I'll look at something and I and my personal interaction will be like I'm competitive, I want to be better, and then sometimes mm-hmm. I look at stuff and I just go, I'm just inspired. Um, and it was really cool man i had that exchange it was really wonderful like by seeing the piece it was those two shots and then and i just love how like in a world where you have every tool you know cgi Mm -hmm. you're going let's distill let's get down yeah and that is a mature movement in my opinion i think when you have every tool and you're not going like whiz bam bang boom and lens flares and all this stuff it's like that does nothing for me but it's still you know Mm -hmm. Tchaikovsky style shot where you're just looking at something like, Hey, observe this, sit here and look yeah. at this, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Please. Found some, yeah. You some, found some stuff? Some, some dolly thingies. Oh, cool. I'll just, you know, scroll through them. But yeah, if you want to share your screen, there's a little, uh, if you want to, if not, no worries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not very. So they're on the bottom. Percent. Tab, there's this little yeah. square with an arrow. And that'll have um, the ability right. for you to share your screen. You just tell it what screen to share. Is this is this working? Yep. Yeah, it's coming through. All right. Now. Nice. So I mean, I've I've actually generated a lot of images. Oh yeah, me I, too. Like thousands. Yeah. <laughs> um, like these sort of uh, like prompts, mm-hmm. and I I don't know really how I came up with them. That was just you know a thought, and uh, like all of this is sort of so wild. Like you can, this is sort of what inspired. Yeah, that was the, a great shot. shot. Yeah, thank you. You did a breakdown on that one too, as well, right? Yeah, I've mm-hmm. I've actually documented a lot of the process. Good. Um, That's going to be really I, key to future art in the future, um, showing that you actually created it. Right. I think in documenting yeah. it is going to be attached to, if even because like NFTs is a bad word now because of the the madness in the world, but. I mm-hmm. think once that goes past and we really start to understand like digital art does have value and that the only way to value it and understand it is like documenting the process. So it's so good that you're doing it now. In my opinion, I think it's really important. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I just need to cut some stuff together and upload it, I think. Sure. But. Or just for your own self, like time lapses of you actually making the work to validate that you yeah. actually did make it. Yeah. Do, do you, do you record yourself? Like do you record a tutorial for yourself? Uh, tutorials yes and then sometimes i do oh there's some examples of that one shot you're saying was yeah Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. and you know i i got these images Mm -hmm. that were looking a lot better than what i was creating Mm -hmm. um we got some i tried to create like for for the one where Mm -hmm. yeah exactly i'm not sure if i the bus stop right i think i used yeah exactly Mm mm-hmm I'm not sure if I used any of though. The irony that you're making false ads using AI to put in a false yeah. <laughs> It's just like there's levels to this that make it's just so yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> but also just goes to show like how ironic all of this stuff is. Like I said, to touch mm-hmm. back to the fact that like you're in this wonderful state in your life where 
your work has not been somewhat demolished or because this is my opinion as I'm almost 40 years old, I'm searching for the child again. I'm always going like, what's pleasing my inner child? Like, cause as a kid, all I right. would just draw and create. That's all I cared about. Like, and yeah. I'm always just searching for that. What's feeling me now. I'm in this weird mm-hmm. stage where I've finally kind of gotten past it with the client work where I've made enough of my own work mm-hmm. out there that clients are just like, just do your thing. And I've, I'm able, I'm able yeah. to go like, just leave me alone, pay me the money and I will do something <laughs> special. And, but that's a very, really rare thing. It's taken me 10 years to figure out how to do, you know, it could be faster yeah. for you and anybody else too. But when I get client work, that's just like, I haven't got, gotten a lot of client work that I've, you know, been doing, but like when I get like, uh, just do whatever you want. I feel like that's kind of hard because mm. I, don't, I don't know. I just need to have, you know, have more experience with it, I guess. Mm. But like there's sort of a pressure to really create something good yeah and there should always be there's yeah but yeah that not like a lot trying to failure one up yeah. yourself but there's so always something sort of special when i'm doing my own work yeah that really you know isn't there mm. uh when i'm doing work for others yeah well it's a different fuel right it's a different mechanism because mm-hmm. when you're doing work for yourself you're just going well what does Will want today? What What is stimulating Will today? What's making you happy? Are you excited? Are you yeah. curious? What things are you consuming? Okay, at what rate are you consuming them? And mm. what's motivating you? But when it's with the client, you go, I don't know this person. I don't know their values. Right. I don't know what they like, what they want. And, yeah. and sometimes they can be so aligned with you spiritually and sometimes very much not. And you get mm. into this weird position where, oh, I don't know. Well, yeah. 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 I, I do change a lot of my shots. Mm. Um, like In the process when you're making it? Yeah. Um, but sort of in a bad way, but in a good way too. Mm. Like, say the client would have wanted that cigarette shot with the neon lights. Mm-hmm. I need I need to pull up the actual... <laughs> Example between the, the renders. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a you know, few stills. It's kind of fun. Um, but if, if the director would have wanted that, mm. you know, then I would have just had to settle with a, a worse shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I guess then, then that, that depends on the the director. Well, unless you're staunch about it and you don't, you're unforgiving and you go, I don't want to move from my quality. And then you can yeah. do that, you know, but then you're that one of those like fussy people, you know, and they might not hire mm-hmm. you again, <laughs> which is also yeah. not a problem if that's what you want too, which is also super tricky. So, <laughs> so here we have, um, I mean, I can, this is the, oh, does it not show? I'm sure, I'll see just, it. do oh. you see that I pulled up an image? No, I'm just seeing your yeah. Windows Explorer. Yeah, I, I will. This is cool. This is like a show and tell. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that are listening to the podcast, make sure if you get a chance to watch some of it, I think it's pretty cool because you'll be able to see the visuals behind it. I do see my, yeah. my screen now. That delicious Volta sauce. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So, so this good. was like the the first thing that I started creating. Mm. But I guess when I was doing this project, I that's something I like to do just sort of um let's see if I can fix this. Right. Um sort of experiment with something mm-hmm. to sort of give me a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. So like in this case, it was trying to create this this cool clothing piece, mm-hmm. like this character. And then like depending on how that turns out, I will shape like the rest. Mm-hmm. So 
this is how it was looking. Wonderful. Um, you get so this stage is so beautiful, huh? You must be like, yes, this is like so fun, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you're building um, a world. Yeah, had this. Yeah, <laughs> so good. But the the this is you know ungraded. Yeah, of course. <laughs> this is the yeah uh, okay, the shot. Well, the camera yeah. angle is different, and, and this is okay. If I'm looking at this, I'm deserving it. The reason why mm-hmm. the other shot works so well is because of where you put us. You put yeah. us in the dirt, in the mud. And mm-hmm. you were like, there. This shot doesn't have it because, again, compositionally, yeah. it's not telling that story intrinsically connected to what your theme is. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it doesn't feel it doesn't have the right feel. Well, because um, it's not supporting your main the- theme. Yeah, really, exactly. Right? Yeah, which I mean, it's, then, it's nice, but it's like, what is it doing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there are a lot of technical, like weird things, like the water here. That's like blender sucks when it comes to water <laughs> and doing things like that. Yeah. Um, so you have to, is it just of, the specular bouncing? Is that what it's having a hard time with or what? Yeah. Mm. Do you get I, a lot of artifacts and, and stuff? Not a lot of artifacts, but just inaccurate images. I think mm-hmm. like, oh, it's uh, just, it's calculating the GI in, incorrectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Um, so good, dude. Yeah. This, you can tell which shot I you know, kind of put the most time into which is the, I, I just want to show that. Yeah, that was crazy. Things looks, they look really bad for a while. Well, I mean, okay, let's get to that too. Like things look really <laughs> bad for a while. To most people, yeah. they're done here. But you were like, nah, this is not right. So what is the motivation, inspiration, and desire to go beyond this? Like, I think this I just, in, uh, for example. I'll pull it I think it's just that I, I trust the process. Mm. I've just learned to, you just need to take a, like one step at a time, like you're kind of, yeah, sort of like stepping into the unknown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've done it so many times that I know that if I put a lot of, you know, enough, the vector thing again, like enough time and effort and I just do it, like put that work into the right direction, mm-hmm. um, it'll turn out good. But then most of the time is spent on trying to figure out the right direction. Yes which is really fucking awesome that you think like that because it's so important. What you say on this part of your film here is as we forge ahead into the great unknown again, and you're talking about the process, the unknown art is never done or is it done? And what an interesting, mm-hmm. what an interesting view of a normal life precision to say something so profound and interesting again, intrinsically connected to like, what makes this so interesting? Because you're showing me something and you're telling me the other thing. And then my brain's going, what's, what's he trying to say here? And therefore yeah. I'm finishing your art. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. We, you're, we you're want to, yeah. we want to work a little bit. Like we, we need some, some suffering in our life mm-hmm. or like that, that applies to art too. Like if I just give you the answers and give you the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, that's not as fun as letting you think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say, I would say so because I think when you're really doing, and again, these are all subjective opinions of how I look at my art, how I look at art in general and the value of it is Mm -hmm. I'd say I love it when my art gets somebody to think and get somebody to have a memory there um, and get somebody to, to, to really kind of fall into what I would like them to fall into in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. and also steer them into a certain direction, go, um, cause you can beat somebody on the head. It's like, um, 
let's say like a, like a Tarantino film, like he has a lot of layers mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm, and yeah. I, I can appreciate and respect his art form, but I, I, I'm leaning more towards like a Terrence Malick or something. I like those kind of films personally, because I like not being beaten in the face with the theme, <laughs> you know, which is fine too. Right. I think I'm not trying to say Tarantino isn't an, an, an incredible powerhouse master filmmaker, but um, there's just different, different things. You yeah. Know, different people. So, I personally really, really like Tarantino, mm. but, like I have to watch his films a lot to to sort of appreciate it, just personally. He got a lot of layers because, in his work. Yeah, yeah, and there's just um, he provides a mood, and he provides sort of for me at least mm. like a place where I could just kind of relax. Mm. That's something interesting. Have you seen Memento? Yes, of course. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a big inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's sort of uncanny. It's sort of like weird, like the whole place is kind of, you know, weird Mm -hmm. Um, by design. But I, yeah, Mm -hmm. but I, I kind of like that off putting feeling Mm -hmm. like that sort of, it it feels like kind of relaxing. Like I could just chill out there, even though it's so like weird and, you know, uncomfortable. There's Mm -hmm. something, there's some comfort in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And better place to, you know, Quentin Tarantino as well. Mm. Yeah. At least for. Well, that's what, I mean, of course, I mean, we're saying this continually. We're trying to like predicate and say that, Hey, you know, like uh, these are our own opinions, but that's why we're here. We're talking about our experience on earth and what we like and Mm -hmm. not to say one is better than the other. It's just what we experience now. The thing I love about films is you can watch it at age 16 and you can watch it at age 40 and you'll have a completely different perspective because your life experience, you go, wow, I've experienced that. Or that's a weird thing. Or that brings back a weird memory or. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and therefore the, the the art form of movies when they're really well done is they're ever evolving, you know, even yeah. like popcorn films, you know, can give you like, oh, wow. Like I used to, I grew up mm-hmm. watching Beetlejuice and this film Beetlejuice. And when I watch it now, I'm like, well, I can't believe this film is even made. It's crazy. <laughs> but even Star Wars, yeah. you know, these kind of things, you know, these touchstone cultural like phenomenons that they kind of mm-hmm. evolve with time as well too, which is fascinating. Is this something that you would be interested yeah. in doing, like getting further into like film like making films and stuff. Not sure, actually. Like, there's something I really enjoy about having all the control myself. Yeah. But then I haven't really done any like actual collaboration with other artists. Oh, not yet, huh? Uh, yeah, mm. I I sort of fear it. Um, That's beautiful. I'd say don't if it doesn't work for you. I mean, you're a new filmmaker, really. If you think about it, like you're on this weird new voyage where, actually, weird weird's not the right word. It's you're on a new voyage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're you're using the tools and stuff that uh, all these other directors and things that we've watched. You know, I was watching Apocalypse Now last night, and and I was thinking, what if uh, you know a future version of himself could make that film with it just by himself? I wonder what that would be, and maybe the mm-hmm. variety is what makes it so good. Sometimes I think I I I've, I'm on that fence where I feel like some of the projects that are the best are because it's combined with a lot of people. And some of them that are worse are because it's yeah. combined with a lot of people too. <laughs> you you know? need to be able to to manage all those people. Like social, you game. can like um, the uh, you know Alberto Miego again. Um, he is able to take all the hard work of all these people and you know channel it like in the right way. Yeah, and you no, know, you know, not scatter it, and you'll get a really high high power at that point. But if you're if you're not able to do that, it's just going to be scattered. Yeah, your intention would get lost. Yeah, 
and especially with somebody, um, you know, I, I, your age and your skill level too, it's almost like if personally I would suggest you, you just keep doing your thing on your own terms, finding your own truth. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's just going to be really interesting. You're in this like w- interesting case study where you're not influenced by the capitalist system of corporate or work. And then you're also not doing work with others. You're just really isolated. It's very interesting. But I will yeah. say that once you find a good collaborator, your work will, your mm-hmm. work will grow exponentially. My work has grown exponentially from meeting certain key people and working with them. And in, in, I can imagine. Yeah. Like, I mean, Carlos and I, I feel like we feed off one another and we push each other so hard because mm-hmm. we were trying like, and we have a very healthy competition where we would say like, make me cry. You know, like I want to cry, you know, like, Oh, make me so angry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. And we would constantly pushing each other to be like, yeah. Yeah. Um, how, yeah. how do you guys work together? Like, what is your process like? Well, right now we just did a, a really special client job together for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that was like just friction free, I mean, the job was difficult, but between him and I, it was just so, mm-hmm. I did my best to, to, to bring forth my best efforts and, and vice versa. But when it mm-hmm. comes to like passion projects, like the make haste corp stuff and the Veneta stuff, yeah. um, Carlos and I are two days apart in age and we're very similar in a lot of ways, <laughs> which is really weird. Right. We have a lot of similar tastes and stuff, but uh-huh. we also, he's from Spain and I'm from America, but we have different mm-hmm. cultural break, upbringings, but Again, this is just my opinion, and but we when we do MHC stuff, we we both pick a, a car or a thing that we love that yeah. we both agree we can put our energy into, and mm-hmm. then we just do that separately in the sense of okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Um, I don't know, like let's say like the last builds we did was my dream car is a GT40, mm-hmm. and his dream car is a Nova, and we just would work on that and and get inspired. And by one another, and we wouldn't, we don't impose on one another unless one asks. So we never, okay. we never say like, "Oh, you should do this." Mm. Uh, we, I always ask like, "Oh, would you like a, an opinion?" And then we're mm. almost always like, "Yes, please," because right. we know that we're coming from a pure so- source. I have other friends that I've worked with that are just like they just start telling you what they think, and I don't give a shit. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I don't want to hear it, and I know that's also really rude of me. But at the same time, I simply do not care. And I don't want to hear it. I see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I thought you guys worked. So you're working separately. Mm -hmm. Then we combine. But then, okay. Well, so we work separately in that level. And then when it comes to resources and stuff and developing certain things, we will combine assets and like, you know, merge Mm -hmm. through and push through. And we'll we'll sit there and have a talk like, how do we Mm want to represent these? Do we want to do it in daylight? What's the stage? What's the setting? And then we start to kind mm-hmm. of develop that and work through that process. And then anytime we hit a snag, mostly me, cause I'm like, Oh, I can't figure out this <laughs> thing because I'm new to this, these different, like I'm actually pretty new to CGI in this way. I've only been doing it for a certain amount of years, but vice, like again, contrary to like Carlos having been doing it for so much longer. So I'm constantly asking him questions, but, but what's fun is, I've been developing my own failure system where I'm finding different things and it's giving variety to both of us, which is interesting mm. too. So, um, but yeah, so in the, the cars are separate because we, those are our things, but mm. assets and, and core values as it goes through and, and how right. we grade. And, you know, I'm a big fan of like film emulations and grading. It's like, cause you take a raw render, yeah. it's shit. You, you need to go, you need to go past the raw render and you need to understand yeah. what that means. And, 
uh, and how to actually take a, because, uh, you know, I understood this from photo- photography. You take a photo, mm-hmm. the raw data is so lacking. So yeah. the grade process, I, I, and you're going to experience this too. It's like, there's two photographers. There's one that captures the photo and then there's one that edits the photo. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different, you know, process. Yeah. Yeah. The grading, the grading process for huge. me is it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. a lot of iterations because the like the colors can have such a dramatic impact yeah on how the shot is perceived it's massive um, yeah when you distill down an image let's say you take an image and you blur it let's say you use gaussian blur and you just look at yeah. it compositionally okay where's the weight here is it high contrast is it dark mm-hmm. is it light where's my colors are the colors dominant what am i saying with these colors I think that's why, yeah. we, like we mentioned, like Danny Villeneuve's film. I'm sure you've seen Blade Runner. He used color mm-hmm. significantly through that film yeah. to push your emotions almost dominantly. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but grading is massive. It's huge, and it's the Definitely. final. It, it, it's it's the final like five percent, but it's it's almost equal to fifty percent. <laughs> you know, because right. Yeah, as you as you know, as you mentioned, it's an exponential curve, right? You can be yeah. really great, but you can fail at certain things, and then you're mm-hmm. you just look shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah but that in, i I've, I've been studying so when like even uh, a good example is like when mache and i when he did showtime and he was getting into that we started really studying like how anime shells are drawn and then photo photograph like the photograph mm. aspect so and it's photographed it's front lit and it casts a little bit of a bell uh, shadow underneath uh. it and all of these things like paying attention yeah. to every little thing and then recreating mm-hmm. it and then and then evolving it and finding the tool to do so at the best capacity and now i just use uh, davinci resolve because it's got a really f- um advanced the, skill set so the compositing or just for, for grading for... yeah okay okay yeah have you used yeah. uh resolve at all i've but I, I haven't you know delved very deep into it mm-hmm. like i use it for just video editing or like oh, okay. putting the shots together and doing the sound it's fantastic but all the too. man I, I think i use after effects too much mm, because well, yeah, you know it's great yeah it is it is great but you know it has some it has some flaws so yeah. it's very slow for, for that's the biggest certain flaw. shots yeah I yeah mean, it's a very slow program it's based on archaic like program it's it's an archaic program basically it's photoshop with that moves Mm-hmm. <laughs> and photoshop <laughs> is, is the granddaddy it's been around forever so yeah but if you, i mean you know andrew kramer for example like a friend of mine and he's incredibly exceptionally talented he took that mm-hmm. software and really just made it oh move, yeah you know um and he's still doing that he's still evolving that tool set but so okay let's get that so you're talking about grading you're using mm-hmm. so you'll render out something from cycles is it right is that what it's called yeah yeah it's like, then, yeah then bring it to after effects and then go mm-hmm. to resolve yeah, I, I I touch on resolve, you know, at the end. That's I I have all the the shots in After Effects mm. where I do the the grading separately for each one. Lumetri and then uh, Lumetri color. Yeah, and uh, yeah. film convert. Yeah, and film you know, it, good. have you yeah. seen Dehancer? I highly oh, suggest Dehancer. Uh, yeah, they've done a uh, a thing for After Effects. Yeah, they like just they recently did a build, it. but their build for Resolve is very powerful. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've tried it actually experience. in yeah. in DaVinci, but uh, then again, I don't do it in DaVinci. There's something sort of freaky with DaVinci, and, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, I need to put the time in and learn it. Yeah, because 
I'm just very unfamiliar with it. And things just run so smoothly with After Effects, or, you know, at least now. Yeah, you're because you're used to the language. Yeah, I, I work really fast. Like, I got that, you know, the flow. Yeah. Um, and, like, their effects, being able to, you know, layer effects and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's a wonderful it works tool. a little too good. Yeah. It's a wonderful tool when it works. It's the worst when it doesn't. And it's very slow. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was doing, like, for this recent project, the, the compositing I was doing was just, you know, color work, mm-hmm. maybe some, some, some smoke and, yeah. you know, particles and things like that. Um, but, like past shots where i've you know have have had like tons of elements mm-hmm. and you know i've tr- tried nuke learning that uh, which worked really really good actually yeah for this one shot i was working on mm-hmm. but it was you know really big just one shot i was working on for like a month yeah um i don't use that but, tool on houdini simply because their time valleys valleys and they drive me nuts how big of a valley <laughs> suck it just you're like oh this is cool and then you're like it took me a fucking month to make this thing and it's one mm. I'm, I'm barely there and you're just like ah it's a pro tool though it's a it's definitely both of those tools are nuke and houdini are both like it just depends on the yeah. shot you're doing and yeah. the people you're working on i guess yeah. like if you need a lot of flexibility yeah in your shots i guess nuke is really good it's really fast for like for for big blockbustery shots too expensive too i would say i think that oh um, yeah when you think about and i'm not to be talked down on them but i don't think it that it makes sense if you're using it for what like it's used for, for people to make like a living off of um, working in movies, which is a decent living, mm-hmm. so, you know, people in movies industries, they make 150 to a quarter million a year. It makes sense to charge that much for that because that tool is enabling them to have that job. I totally understand yeah. it. But for like novice users, I don't know mm-hmm. if they have a thing, but like, I'm, I mean, the barrier of entry is huge. And I'm like, I'm not even... Yeah. I use Sapphire and um, which I love for After Effects. Sapphire is wonderful and and um, starts with a B. Why am I drawing a blank? Boris, Boris Effects. Boris, mm-hmm. really great. Right. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, which is great. It's it's great for like doing all those little things. And these are like these are tools that I got turned on to from Raul Marks because Raul Marks showed me a lot of powerful things with using. And he's a wonderful After Effects user as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that you need to find all your tools too. And you need to fail through it because, like, for years yeah. I was failing to try and find. Like, I was using Film Convert and I was filming, mm-hmm. and then I then I countered um, Dehancer, and I was like, "Oh wow, mm-hmm. this is really <laughs> Dehancer inside of Resolve." Is like, it's like the one node that's the ultimate power node that I can kind of run yeah, everything it through. Everything. It's really wonderful, and if you know how to use it, because I used to have these really complicated node structures about 50 different nodes to like emulate film Jeez. film emulation halation and all these different things yeah. uh, levels of bloom before and post noise and all of this stuff mm-hmm. and then but the dehancer is like actually baking it in and it's evolving it based on pixel density i think pink, pixel color because you know what okay. you do is you lay um, noise over and that's not how noise works noise in film gets baked in to the film like right. it gets baked into the emulsion of the film itself when you're out. Okay. It doesn't get laid on, you know? So yeah. this thing is actually, if I understand it correctly, is doing that. It's kind of baking it in using mm-hmm. like some sort of like noise filter system that's adapting it naturally to the image that it's doing it to. That's and you really can adjust cool. the noise in three levels and shadows, mids and highs. Mm-hmm. They actually sent me uh, a piece of their software. So I'm, I am kind of sp- sponsored by them. So I will plug the shit out of them because I love them. <laughs> But it's also because yeah. I only use tools that a work 
and a and b have quality and that, that they have both of those things and mm-hmm. really wonderful so this podcast is brought to you now just joking <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, no. I would suggest checking it out so mm-hmm. yeah, simply for those things yeah but yeah the grading process is so clutch yeah, for for me after effects has uh uh it's working great just you know film convert or maybe like the add grain effect but it's so slow it's yes. so slow yeah but i, I like the grain there's something something kind of weird with film convert grain. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, uh, um, I don't really know what it is. It's kind of uh, kind of funky. Um, so I just use add grain, mm-hmm. like last step. Well, that's uh, and you know some halation, some some bloom, and some 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 of that stuff. Little post sharpen, little post blur, all these kind of things blurring them in. But mm-hmm. the reason why I also use Resolve for that stuff because it's real time. Yeah, going and and I hate waiting for renders. There's like mm-hmm. that's I mean time crime is the biggest crime for me. It's like you can't waste my time, yeah. man. Like give it faster. <laughs> you know, so. Right. But that's right. wonderful. I mean, again, it just comes down to like that's wonderful that you have these tools, and it's also if you think about our art is directly connected to dev- developers of these bigger companies, and they have their own path and destination, and mm. um, yeah, and it's all humans behind it too. Um, some yeah. that are selfish, and some that are great, and. That's why I love mm-hmm. Blender. I love that Blender came in because it just wrecked the shop and all these other programs had to go like, oh shit, there's a free program that's doing better than yeah. us. How do it's we get really it? fun to, you know, just I, once, like a few times a month, I just go to the Blender website mm-hmm. and like, oh, a new version. Oh, mm-hmm. new features like yeah. all the time. It's so, so fast. Rapid. Yeah, so rapid. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a program that's been this advanced in, in growth ever because mm-hmm. it's open sourced and, yeah, bless everybody that's contributed to it. Um, yeah, because I when really? I when I got it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna learn it, and then I just got hit with other work, and I just lost interest in learning yeah. the language. But I had filled up all of the all of the um, plugins and stuff, and I was like eating all <laughs> the plugins and putting them there, and then I just never ended mm-hmm. up using it again. Uh, you know, to the point of using things, you know, and the value of them. Like I've tried to learn ZBrush so many times, and then I eventually mm-hmm. just found my way through it, but. Yeah, every program has a has a space for it. Let's yeah. talk about your lull moment, and then uh, you said that you're—I don't know—you didn't say this, but you're kind of—you've um, you've you've got it all out, and now you're in this place, yeah, where you've just released a project a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, right? Yeah, it was on Christmas Day, I think, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> was it Christmas Day? Christmas yeah, I think Eve? so. Oh, it was Christmas Day, M- for maybe you, I think. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a difference. There's a time difference. Yeah, Sweden and San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. So you got you you and how long did impetus take you to make? Uh, too long, because <laughs> it's never no, too long. It, always too long. <laughs> no, <laughs> but <true>. uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe I, I thought about. It. I, I think it was like three months mm. or something. Yeah, um, which is. I, for me, but like I have been making longer or like I always try to up myself, mm. of course. Sure. Um, and, you know, make longer and longer projects mm. uh, or like bigger projects. Mm. Um, but they, it just takes more and more time. So it's in a sense, I'm, you know, evolving. But in another sense, it feels also like I am devolving uh, when it like comes to time. Mm. 
but I know it's not, you know, true because you need to have, you know, spend more time to create better things. Yes. Yeah. But there's always that sort of nagging feeling that, um, like I, I often look back at like my, my really old things and I was like making a new project every week or something. Sure. But, but they were really short and they were not really advanced. Yeah. And they're also, they don't have lasting power like this one's going to have. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Some of the best directors, they just take forever because like, um, Mm -hmm. and some of them just pump them out. It's just, there's no, there's no right or wrong, but it depends on what you want to have in regards to legacy. Yeah. Yeah. That's tricky though. It's tricky to manage. Yeah, and then being mm-hmm. hard on yourself never helps as well. So, <laughs> but at yeah. the same time, that's the fuel. You know, that's the engine to get things done mm-hmm. uh, faster, more efficiently. Um, but you've emptied it out. So, yeah, it's a beautiful place to be, though the the place right. where everything is new again, and you're kind of like, well, what's next? Mm-hmm. And and then you have these touchstones of other projects that you built upon. So, how like where's your brain at? Like, where's your mind at now? Um, I'm trying to find ideas. I'm browsing Pinterest. I need that. Like I feed off inspiration, of course. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm looking for, for things that can get me inspired. It's like something, some sort of random kick. Mm-hmm. It's really like a, a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. Like I see this one thing, like that's really, really true. I see like one thing. That's it. And then that really just like kicks off. Yeah, lightning bolts. Yeah, and you know starts sprouting from there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's really like getting an epiphany. Uh, like the mm-hmm. the lightning or no the 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 light bulb effect. It yeah. feels feels like that exactly. Well, if you think about it, the idea is inside of you. It's just a matter of letting it out. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because usually what you'll find is the thing that inspired you is actually what was in within you the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. which is totally fucked. <laughs> so it's just a matter of getting it out and then finding a method to get it out, like using a tool of inspiration of some sort, like watching a movie or having a conversation with a friend or reading a book or mm-hmm. whatever. It's usually within you um, and just finding it. But yeah, that's a I, place I often there. I often feed off the um, the fun or like, yeah the fun of of the process, like the process. Mm. That's really something I, I really love. Mm. Um, um, so I always try to find something new. Like if I can find a way to use this physics simulation thing, or like if I could do clothing like this, this like, yeah, doing simulations is really fun. Like if you have an animation or something and then you just throw some cloth and then like maybe some hair, or like maybe some some particles or something mm-hmm. that really you know elevates that shot. Yeah. But it's it's the like using a new tool or like use doing something new yeah. and then seeing the the results of of that new tool. Mm-hmm. I guess is something that really drives me. But like gives you freedom, right? Gives you more. Freedom. Yeah. Gives you more. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like adds complexity to your image. Yeah. Gives yeah. you more because life is filled exactly. with it, you know complexity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it gives me another boost to keep working. Mm. And, you know, when I'm working on a shot and I'm getting the reward mm. while I'm working on it, like that just boosts the, the rest of the process. Like there's more chain reactions that, you know, keep exploding. Um, it's a drug. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I say when you're the drug and the drug dealer, it gets really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's literally, yeah, a drug. Exactly. you're just, you're just, 
dumping dopamine into your system constantly when you get inspired because exactly when you sit down at the computer there's nothing that existed except a blank void and then when you leave the computer and there's something there that you can be intrinsically Mm -hmm. connected to emotionally and proud of i mean what what better thing is that that's it exactly yeah yeah you're creating something yeah with value that's literally like pretty good (laughs) yeah it's amazing it's a beautiful place to be so what's next for you I I'm uh, really interested in characters in people mm. because that's something I have, uh, you know, sort of shielded away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we hide away because they're so hard. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not gonna do a CG because the worst thing is doing a CG face and it not looking mm-hmm. like the best thing ever. Yeah, because it has to be. What about like, it has to be? Why don't you get into that? Oh, yeah, that's a really good idea, actually. I mean, that's it's really the bridge. Cool. It's just the bridge, you know? True. Why not do that? Because <laughs> I yeah, think I saw, there's no way for you to really do... I don't think you would be able to find the resolve that you were after unless you cover the face all up and mm. stylize it. You can do like the Miyogo approach, which I think is like stylizing the reality. Yeah. But if you do deep exactly. fake, if you want reality, deep fake is 100% the way to do it, I would say. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good... I haven't really thought about that. Mm. Um, and they're pretty easy to do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, you can make like a CG character and then throw a deep fake on the face if you have the right setup, and, mm-hmm. and there you go. Yeah, like I'm trying to search for a cool feeling. Mm. Like there's, it could be whatever. Yeah. It could be, but like a cool feeling, like the sort of. I'm kind of leaning towards doing something that's not peaceful, something that's more chaotic or more action based. Because seeing like a character. Like the there's one shot in in uh, Jibaro Hibaro, um, where the the girl is like sort of like moving on the ground mm-hmm. next to the the knight, yeah. and like her legs like interact with his body, mm-hmm. and like it just looks so real, and that's something that really inspires me, mm-hmm. and like getting that effect, but you know through something else. Have you seen the behind the scenes on how they did that? A lot of those things. There's a four four animation clip on YouTube. Yeah, I think yeah, it's he, all hand animated. He, yeah, he ha- he hired mocap dancers, artists that, and then I think they keyframed beyond that to stylize it. I think that's what it is. So again, I would say the same thing. If you're going for a human thing, you need a real thing. So deep fake is probably the best way to do the face, and then. In regards to the body, you mm-hmm. probably want to hire a good mo- mocap thing or get a Rococo suit or some sort of thing where you can get the basis because so many things we take for granted, the nuance. When you have nothing and you start from nothing to create yeah. humans, like there's so many intricacies to what makes yeah. something real. But if you can have a base, get to 90 to 80% there, and then you can keyframe the rest. It's a hard balance. It's a hard line to walk. Yeah, it's um, the hardest. That's what makes the- Alberto so special. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, Because he's getting, like you can't really... I mean, he is compromising on the realism, mm-hmm. but he is then he is then um, putting in the work of getting the essence of realism instead. Yeah, well, yeah, it's surrealism, I would say, because I think his work is actually more powerful that he doesn't make it real. Because if his work was real, it would be real. It wouldn't be as cool. It wouldn't be visionary because of that. Yeah, in my opinion, exactly. I think it, it and would that's, be every other thing. And I mean, how many times have you watched a CG short where it's like it's like ninety percent real human? And, every, and you're just like, um, I mean, for me, I go, um, oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I like it, you know, like I can mm-hmm. appreciate it. But when it's stylized, you go like, oh, fuck, why did they 
do that weird thing and why is it painted? It's slightly off and like your brain yeah. is looking for patterns as to why it's different. You know, exactly. It gets your brain going. It gets you, gets you thinking. Yeah. That could be through the technicality of it, the coolness of the shot. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first was talking to him, I had him on the podcast and we started talking about his art and his work and breakdown. And, and I realized that he was actually like, this is a while ago. So this is like Tron who was directing the Tron stuff are directing that. And then I was like, I was like, how are you doing that? And he was like, Oh, I'm just making them all. And I'm like, I just couldn't believe that he was like, like square by square, just meticulously going through it. And I just realized it was, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've not sat there and watched his process and I don't know how it all works really. But I just, when I was looking at it, I said, when all of us are just trying to find the fastest way to get to something, he's going the slow right way. And and I think that's Mm -hmm. what makes his images so rich. And, Again, to talk about, yes. like, you know, not take, not, not trying to rush yourself to just have something done, but like sitting with it and letting the art suffer, <laughs> suffering through mm-hmm. the art in order to go like, oh, this just needs to be a little bit more rich, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think his, Carlos his, and I work so well, because we're constantly pushing each other to be rich, more rich, more rich, yeah, more stuff. To that's the thing. His art, his artwork is re- really rich. It's very compromised. He's taking the, like the essence, the, the shapes, the exact colors yeah. and distorting them sometimes to get the right feeling and you know just really putting all his work into the, th- the things that really matters mm-hmm. instead of like if you put it's, it's really hard to describe but if i'm gonna try to create a real scene t- for me to actually achieve like a real scene mm-hmm. there's gonna i'm gonna have to put a lot of work everywhere yes but like he somehow is able to like just narrow everything down to the like the essential blocks shapes size thingies and colors and moods and just puts all of that work that would have been wasted and just channels everything well that's a master artist you know a master artist knows where to compromise and when not to and Mm -hmm. knows where to put your eye as a viewer for you to observe it you know when you look at like a, a rembrandt painting what makes rembrandt so relevant to this day is that he was a master of that you would say i don't care about these that thing i want you to look at their eyes that's it. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel the emotion of the loss or the sacrifice or whatever. That's what makes his work. A so lot special. of, a lot of like intermediate or beginner artists, when they try to create something real, mm-hmm. um, like even if they have a good computer, it's, it's running so slow because they are putting their work everywhere Yeah, and they need to optimize it. That's a good point. I mean, it's so hard to do that. And I know that I think that that's one of the biggest fallouts for a lot of CGI artists is, is we we get, because we have all these tools and we have all these things and all the lights and all this stuff when you turn everything on and you add all this mm-hmm. stuff you really you're really compromising yourself because you're not yeah you know uh you're not thinking exactly. cleverly you have to be clever and you have to con- like and one thing about mm-hmm. work being is like not one project is the same as the next so every time you start you have to start anew and rethink it and go oh how do i get approach this and how can i add this to the thing yeah. Like what you're doing is a really ambitious goal of like trying to get into doing humans next. Like, yeah, that's a, huge it's just goal. a thought. Well, I mean, because, it's a wonderful thing to tackle though. Yeah. You know, it's very worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But achieving it would be really cool, but yeah. I don't think I'm ready deep for, <laughs> yeah, that would be really, really cool. That'll solve Getting it a deep you. fake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, 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 Oh, I do need the the rest of the animation because I suck at character animation. We I've been messing do. around with, with <laughs> Cascadeur. I don't and know like, what it is. Oh, it's 
it's really you've probably seen it it's been like around in in beta for like five six years or something okay. it's it's this physical physically based uh, animation software okay and it's free to try out um it's really cool actually because it sort it? of takes um c a s c a d e u r cascadeur okay cool yeah i'll check it out um so they they use like machine learning and physics and all of that smart stuff to just make like make the animation process a lot easier. Oh, I like um, smart stuff. Yeah, <laughs> me too. But like the the thing is like you can you can sort of figure out how to create a, a character animation. Mm. Like that's not so difficult. Mm. Like you can you can do a little bit of practicing and you'll get sort of there. Mm. But there's like the final touches and like how how the arms are supposed to react and like those things that are just empty that you just need to learn mm. and casket or trend kind of you know fills that out and it it can check like if the, it knows if your character is jumping and it it uh, it checks like the arc so that is correct mm. and the center of mass you can like just fix these things it's like really simple that's cool um yeah it's really cool and i, I think you have your tool <laughs> exactly so that's that was kind of like i can try to learn that mm. and create like uh, some some cool things like another holy grail thing that i've been you know kind of thinking about a little bit that is like a long one take shot with a character walking through a really cool environment wow that's ambitious <laughs> yeah and wonderful and i think too. yeah exactly but like then it's less it's less focusing on the emotion, but more like really the love of the the art. Yeah, like the or the both ways. It's it's like um, have you seen nineteen seventeen the film? Uh, all, no, all, or, kind of one take basically. Yeah, the one taker. Yeah, yeah. This is my thought on that too. Is like <clears throat> and I don't know if it matters, but I mean Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, he's done so many incredible things for us uh, as experiencing mm-hmm. his his work. When I watched that film, I really, I wanted to love it, but for some reason I felt like it was so caught up in the technicality of being this thing that it almost, I like cuts in films. I like when you cut a thing and you push me to somewhere else. I I appreciate that. I love edit it. I love when a good edit works. And Mm -hmm. the Wonder thing doesn't work for me personally because I get why they do it, but it felt like a video game. And it was weird. Right. It was weird for me. And I guess this is not everything is made for me. Obviously, isn't that to say mm-hmm. that it's good or bad? I just I admired and adored that the fact that they made it. And I, I they're incredible masters of their craft. But uh, the variety mm-hmm. of work, I'd rather I'd rather sit there and watch uh, any of his films that were that had cuts to him, like Sicario or whatever. That there's a wealth of films that he's directors mm-hmm. uh, shot. But um, but yeah, that's that's me. When you get caught up in like it needs to be this one thing, it's almost like the the intention suffers unless that's really intrinsically connected to the core of it, you know. Uh, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I started watching it, and then I stopped because it was for too boring for me. Ah, interesting. You know, mm-hmm. Have yeah. you watched Saving Private Ryan? No, I mm-hmm. I stopped. I started watching that too, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and you didn't then like I. It? Um, well, I haven't finished it, mm-hmm. so. You know, I can't really judge like Dunkirk. Film. Have you seen Dunkirk? We're just talking about no, war films. And yeah. Nolan's film. That's one of my favorites mm-hmm. of his, personally. I need to watch that. 
but again, I don't know what your films are like. And to be 16 and to observe films, I think that's a completely different thing for me coming from like, I'm before the internet was really prevalent and before cell phones mm-hmm. and stuff. So my interaction with things is completely different. Although I am a 16 year old at heart when it comes to like observing things, I feel like I'm just constantly mm-hmm. curious and, and, and I digest things so quickly and throw them away and you know, like everybody yeah. else does. Yeah, I was, I, it's taken me like three sittings to go back through apocalypse now, which is a, a masterful work of art, but it's a long three hour film. So mm-hmm. what's a film that you've watched recently that you were like, Oh, this is really cool. I'm, I'm, I mean, my favorite show. film is, it's probably, you know, parasite. Oh, interesting. Like, I just love that movie so oh. much. Interesting. Um, it, that's also the vibe of the film. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if that's a big vibe. Like I, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're able to just provide that, you know, that feeling, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't really matter if it's unsettling. Like, it's not a very comforting movie, mm-hmm. but I still sort of find it, find it soothing mm-hmm. or something. Have you watched his other um, films? I've watched Memories of Murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what I what I thought about that movie. That's great because, <laughs> yeah, I need to rewatch it mm-hmm. because it was you know such a an interesting. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. The ending. Um, Have you seen like a Killing of a Sacred Deer or The Lobster or anything? These are pretty advanced, nope. weird films. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of them. I'm gonna have to drip feed you some stuff and see if you're <laughs> curious because yeah, yeah. yeah, your brain is is uh, to, again to be at your age to have that taste. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, when I was maybe 14, and I think I was 14 or 15, I saw American Beauty for the first time, and that film really shook me to the core. It made me realize that there was these other films that existed that were touching on things that were far more advanced socially than mm-hmm. most of the films. Have you ever watched that film? I haven't. Mm, yeah. I, I remember watching it in the theater. I was living in Maui at the time in Hawaii, oh. and we had one little theater and my friend worked the the front desk and I went in there to go watch it because I didn't mm-hmm. have, I was one of those, I was bored or whatever. And I just wanted to watch a movie. Yeah. I watched it and I couldn't believe what I was watching. And then I, it ended and I said, what the fuck is this? And so I went and I just <laughs> told my friends, Hey, I'm going to get something to drink really quick and I'm going to go back and rewatch. He's like, go for it. I watched it three <laughs> times. It was the first what? time ever. And I, I just was sitting there and going, what is that? what's what is this? Why am I feeling this way? And mm. again, I think it's so important when you have films and things that do this to you. It was the, it was Thomas Newman's film, uh, score, and mm-hmm. um, Kevin Spacey's acting, and everybody, uh, the whole ensemble, the way it was lit, and, and it's. I, I'm curious what you think. I don't know if it's aged well. I'll give it a I'll give it a watch. Sounds, I mean, either it hits uh, really you or it cool. doesn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like anything. And and if something doesn't hit you, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just doesn't hit you now, and it might hit you in five years, 10 years tomorrow, you know, in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. The niche works are the ones that, you know, hit the most. Those are my favorite. Yeah. yeah. My favorite, one that, of my favorite films is Cure. It's like this kind of obscure Japanese horror film, not horror, but it's like a thriller detective film, but it's just brilliant. Cure. Yeah. C-U-R-E. Yeah. Uh, the can, Cure. The I, think it, I think, I well, think the, the, the Cure oh, right, is a rock band, but um, Cure, yeah. like a, uh, just Cure film. Mm-hmm. Anthony, yeah, yeah. Uh, he introduced me to this film. It's a brilliant film, though. It's very obscure. Nobody knows about mm-hmm. it, really. But, um, yeah, that's cool. Okay, so um, Parasite, what other films? Is anything I else? mean, recently, uh, I get really, you know, Dune mm-hmm. also has that vibe. What um, is it about Dune? Because, like, some, I mean, is it the, it's the vibe, the energy it gives visually or sonically or all of it? It's, or? like, combined. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the... 
the uh, sort of environment it, it sort of portrays. Mm. Um, sort of like I would, I could probably live there, and it would be kind of you know cozy or not cozy, but it would be <laughs> it would it would be an interesting experience. You would live on Arrakis. But, You're crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah. you wouldn't, yeah, but I still sort of uh, sort of like it like the aesthetics and things you could, I could probably like tourist there. I love the and, brutality you know, of his work. He's always, cause he comes from Northern Canada. I think Montreal, there's a lot of brutalism sculpture and in, mm. in his aesthetic because of that. He brought snow to Blade Runner too, because of where he comes from. He puts what is familiar to him in his work, I think. Yeah. Which makes it good. That's really important. Mm. Um, Super important. Yeah, it's familiar. I, I liked Dune. Um, it's also just very visually compelling. Mm-hmm. It's Greg Razor. Like every shot is like a masterpiece. Yeah. It's really inspiring. The score was um, pretty weird. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's very off putting for me, at least when I watch it again, I'm like, oh crap, you know, damn it. I kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> Which is great. I really so, like you know. Yeah. Um, same with Blade Runner. Hmm. There's no themes to those, really, I guess, but I guess there is, you know. I guess I come from themes, like, because I was raised on John Williams films, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Star Wars and Jurassic Park. You know, you watch yeah. those movies, you're just like, the score is just hitting right. on all cylinders. You're like, yeah. fuck, I'm really experiencing a movie right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Where in modern films, I feel like the inception, the, like, there's, that's not a really uh-huh. a theme. It's just a sound, in yeah. a sense, which is also its own power. I'm not trying to say it's not. Mm. Inception's pretty. It's a different kind of thing. Totally, which is awesome too. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dune, yeah. Dune is a special one. That's really cool. And you know, Avatar two. I've seen it twice in oh, cinemas. Yeah. I've not watched it. Um, yeah. yeah, you should watch it. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I don't. Uh, you know, it's 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 a long film. Yeah. But it's it's an amazing experience. Hmm. Uh, I think I enjoyed it more the the second time I watched it. Okay. Because you know, I could just really focus on all the the cool things that are happening like he's really painting this uh this environment and like this world yeah but jim is a, is a true visionary yeah mm-hmm. yeah i found found the story to be a little lacking though i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna spoil anything well i mean but the first i'm like the only one in the world that's like i got well it's okay like i, I mean there's an avatar is like i, I grew up in a there's a film that i used to watch as a kid as a cartoon called fern gully and mm-hmm. basically, um, Avatar is Ferngully, um, thematically in a lot of ways, which not to say anything worse of it. It's just, I guess it's my brain wanting more. And that's why I like films that are obscure and they don't tell you all the answers. And the, but they also give mm-hmm. you a lot of things to chew on, which is mm-hmm. probably why you like Parasite, because Parasite didn't tell you how to feel a lot of times. It just kind of said, this is what's happening. Yeah. React or don't react. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. love those films. I think it's sort of, I kind of, yeah. That's sort of the, the same thing with Memento, or that's what I experienced because, it, and also Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, but it's just sort of painting this really, uh, like cool environment yeah. and this vibe. Like I could just chill in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and it would just be you know nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, be in Parasite. But I still, I still, yeah, but I still just enjoy sort of like how you, how you uh, can enjoy like a rainy day. Mm -hmm. 
from yeah. the inside or maybe outside too um like the 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 uh, the comfortness the comforting feeling of like um of, of uncomfort things stuff mm-hmm. something like that well it makes sense though i mean i like that that's a cool way of looking at it too like it seems like you really um let films go through you and like you feel them um mm-hmm. which i think is is it's kind of a compliment to the director if you if you can transcend yeah. and push yourself into those things like mm-hmm. really kind of step into those worlds for them yeah uh you mentioned uh what did you mention have you seen uh I'm trying to think of a couple other key films that you might be inspired from have you seen enemy mm-hmm. maybe it's a little kind of wild film enemy enemy yeah no <laughs> i got a lot of films for you to watch i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought i didn't really watch all that many films but i'm really obscure about my films i just watched the menu have you seen that menu i yeah. think i've seen it is it the a lot of satire in there but it's really the the 2022 yeah it's with the, it's with the chef but it's it's mostly like a satire oh, film but it's really i haven't seen it very good um very unique and i think it's intrinsically connected to the artistic uh human okay. experience so but yeah again, i've been uh, weird wanting film. to see this yeah <laughs> yeah but um yeah anyways i i figured because uh, a lot of your work i feel like is inspired and connected to film cinema yeah. and and those kind of things do you are you inspired Definitely. by any other kind of medium like uh, video games or anything like that like that um i'm inspired by well i'm i'm really inspired by you know paintings of course mm. but that, but that's what sort paintings? of just i think i've just gotten too much inspiration from instagram and pinterest mm-hmm. um so you know i guess there's not any more classical works or like movies or cinema mm. um it's just sort of the stream that i get fed every day sure um that i take inspiration from so i mean yeah mm. there's not any particular other mediums that i um get that inspired by mm. if you remove pinterest from your creative experience how what, oh, it would what, be difficult would it be difficult <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I wonder if that's, that's probably a bad thing, though. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. No. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but again, I guess it's kind of connected to like how you move, how you work, you know. So if you're connected mm-hmm. by abstract inspiration, and then you ping pong, and then you net, you basically network out, then it's mm-hmm. that could be. Because I thought about that too. Because I mean, there was a time when everybody was, you could see what part of in Pinterest, what reference they were pulling from. And when I look at some people's mm-hmm. work, oh, I know exactly what reference you were using, you know. But then that's a compliment to them at the same time a slide against them. So, yeah. yeah. But. Sorry, just my brother. No, nah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we can mm-hmm. we can definitely wrap this up. I I can keep talking to you for a long time. It's, no, no, I have all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, but yeah. it's a, the it's Pinterest a aspect of things, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, it's a very relative tool, though. I use it as well. Um, yeah, there's this certain feeling when, when, uh, or yeah, the sort of like I find something and then I find something else and then I find, like really rapid, like inspiration. Yeah, but um, it's sort of random. You need to just find it first, which can be kind of, and they don't really hold that much value. Like mm-hmm. just one image, the it, it can help to sort of spark something. Yeah. But you still need more um, something that's 
has more um, like value, I guess. Are you familiar with Cornelius's work? Zomex. He goes by Zomex. He did the astronaut uh, floating in the Cornelius Zomex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cornelius. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he's a he's also um, very inspired. I mean, again, I can, I don't want to talk to his process, but from knowing him as a friend and seeing mm-hmm. he's inspired, he uses Pinterest as a place to give his inspiration. Then he will use like one touchstone image to kind of build it out. But he he approaches his work as I see the photographer Gregory Crutzen. Have you seen Gregory Crutzen's work? No. Oh man, I got a documentary to send <laughs> to you. I think you would really love. Yeah, yeah. Gregory Crutzen sure. does these. I won't spoil it for you. I'll just send you his process mm-hmm. thing because it's, it's fantastically amazing. He's almost like us, but he's using the real world, but he's mm. using, he's like, Oh, I'm going to put a person here. So we would go to person online and put them there and I'm going to light it like this yeah. and I want this mood. And he'll make these uh-huh. huge, beautiful photographs of like these weird parts of America. And it's just like, jeez, and they're just, they're perfectly designed. And I think that his work is, his work comes from David, his inspiration, as I understand it, comes from David Lynch's work, mm-hmm. Blue Velvet, I think. And then that work has been evolved. And then so many people have been inspired by his work. And then therefore it's just been this mm-hmm. big, this big, you know, thing of inspiration. We all, we all feed up each other. Yes. And I think that's what I was trying to say in, in the beginning. I think it's so important mm-hmm. for us to do what we should be doing because we feed on one another like vampires of creativity almost, you know? So yeah. when somebody's not contributing to it, we all know that they're just lying to themselves and they're not contributing to what I need, which is inspiration and what they need, which is exposing themselves and what they're doing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, Definitely. yeah, you're, it's fantastic to, to have met you and same man, super inspired by what you're doing. And I think it's really, it's really wonderful how pure you are. I was I wasn't sure how you were going to react. You know, it's so weird. I have sometimes I have people of different age all over the place, and usually mm-hmm. the younger people they don't have a lot to contribute in regards to conversation. Talking to you is like I'm talking to another version, like another forty <laughs> year old. It's just crazy for you to have this. It's really a blessing, Thank you know. You, so and celebrate in it and live in it too, and don't stop. Really appreciate learning. it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it was a it's a good talk, man. I've been really inspired by you for a long time so it's wonderful well yeah now we're we're creating a good circle here so that's really great so and yeah it's gonna go now we're gonna be able to spin <laughs> and be inspired <laughs> by one another and keep growing because yeah exactly yeah if you continue on your course and what you're doing and like i love that you're thinking about the next one and how you're approaching it and mm-hmm. um and thinking about the bigger tasks like it's 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 um inspiring to me because i need to remember to do that too is like step into the unknown and <laughs> push yourself even further and continue to grow and go beyond yourself and yeah it's not yeah. easy to do that suffer fast and to, to face it openly exactly yeah. we don't have the answers we need to sort of uh shoot into the abyss i guess yeah super important <laughs> hell yeah. yeah is there anything that you wanted to um, yes pass along Yes. I have a question for you. Okay. What is your what is your favorite mushroom? My favorite mushroom? Yeah. Oh, uh is this a legal or a non-legal? <laughs> Just uh <laughs> favorite mushroom. Um, uh I like the special kind. <laughs> the special kind. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's good. Yeah. Uh you know, like mushroom that's again I think mushrooms used they're uh a device that releases a chemical that you have within you and then mm-hmm. can elevate your mind. 
if yeah. taken properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just uh, like art. Yeah. But why, why do friend, you ask? Uh, friend at the, the Discord server mm. um, who, who wanted me to ask you, you know, your favorite mushroom. <laughs> the one that opens your mind the most is the best. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the most answer. honest quite answer. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. The one, I mean, portobellos are nice to eat, but the other ones are... It's crazy that that they're the they're, I think it's one of the largest me, um, organisms on the planet Earth is a is a mushroom, right? Isn't there? Oh, I, I'm not sure, but it's like a really large portion of like all uh, all of the dirt is just like mushroom connection. You think is yeah, yeah, which is crazy. And if you think about how it grows, it's kind of connected to how our brain is a neurological like not a neurological, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it, the way it like transfers out. It's almost like it's really finding weird. the shortest path and yep. things like that. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the really oldest mechanisms to our organisms too on the planet, which is fucking wild. Yeah. Shit. There was something I was going to say, uh, the mushroom thing. Damn it. It was, oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> there was a mushroom shot in your film. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's like leaking all of this, not leaking, spores. but like, yeah, the spores are coming out. What's that all about? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it, I saw I saw it on Pinterest, a a similar shot. I was like, "That's really cool," mm. and I've seen. I mean, you've probably seen this documentary on Netflix, like a uh, fantastic fungi or something. Uh, I've seen a couple things on fungus and mushrooms and stuff. It's wild. it's really it's a really beautiful film, mm. and I mean, it, it just sort of all kind of came together, mm. and uh, I was like, I could probably do something something cool like that. Like uh, we've been talking about creating like spore effects in Blender mm-hmm. like earlier, um, so I thought I'd give it a shot. That's so cool. It's cool that you have a, a like a social network of friends too, huh? And you kind of work. Yeah, together. it's really it's Those are really collaborators, cool. but not collaborators almost, right? Exactly, we feed off each other, like uh, you and Color Sponge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, well, I had I had a well, I still have it Discord, but the it, now it's pretty dead. Um, cause you need to be active. Yeah. It's a, wa- it's a plant that you need to water. You also have Patreon too, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Um, you need to water everything. Yeah. No budget. Uh, yeah. I've met a lot of interesting people there from, mm. from me starting that server and they've moved on to another server right now where I'm just hanging out and, uh, and they're chatting every once in a while. Mm. And, uh, it's yeah it's really really cool because like those people have come together and started collaborating on like their own projects Mm -hmm. and like it's really inspiring to see like they were doing like now gigs for like alan walker and like things like that Mm -hmm. and um seeing them all come together and collaborating Mm -hmm. um just like through a discord server is really inspiring well it makes sense i think that's the new place to communicate globally not discord in general, but just online like that in a friction free mm-hmm. form of just communicating and sharing things. Yeah. It makes sense. It's, it's, I mean, so when I was growing up, it was like anybody in your immediate physical circle, anything outside of that doesn't really exist because it, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not near you because this is yeah. pre-internet. So when the internet started happening, I was like, Oh, this is the, this is the best thing because now mm-hmm. I can communicate and work with, and talk with like my favorite artists and that was what was yeah. happening and now that you're able to exactly because all of you in the, in the in the group you're all if you all decide to do whatever you're doing you're going to all evolve mm-hmm. into these special factions of being amazing artists that are going to be inspired yeah exactly 
and it all comes from this communication, this community mm-hmm. too, which is super massive, super important. Yeah, yeah, it's like teamwork, but we're still individuals. Yeah, like doing our. And and again, I think to talk about the process that you're asking about with Color Sponge and I, Carlos and I, it's the same thing, very similar, but just mm-hmm. it's just two people. Right? So our our Discord yeah. channel is just our server just has two users. So. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, like yeah, we we love and respect one another, and we were curious and desire to see what one another makes without the influence of uh-huh. one another. So the original yeah. part stays pure, separated mm-hmm. in a sense, but then it evolves, and then we start to share assets, and things start to mm-hmm. intermingle into the to the end, which is probably a similar sounding, so similar social yeah. mechanism. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess it's a form of collaborating, but we're we're not working on like similar. We're still very different from each other, though, mm. but still very alike. Yeah, I wonder. No, it's, if, it's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that is what you're doing is kind of like also attached to what your style is developing as, because sometimes. Mm. And uh, well, actually, I'm going to ask you, and I'm curious, what do you think style is? What What makes an artist style? Um. Well, I I guess it's something that's um similar through all their works something that you can you can look at that that artwork and tell that oh it's done by this person mm. something something unique it doesn't have to be yeah it only has to be unique and uh transfer through the projects okay but that's not but it doesn't have to be that though mm. i mean yeah. you, say your style is ever changing mm-hmm. so there's no, there the the similarities between the projects becomes the new similarity, I guess. So let's go binary. Let's go even further down that. Cause I agree. You know, you just found it in your logic. You were going, wait, okay. If it's that, then that's not that because the style could change. Mm-hmm. So, what but then is, it is that. Yes. But then what is style? If this, so yeah, cause it is true, right? Cause a style is mm-hmm. something that you can identify like, okay, I know that, is what the style is because it's that thing because it's derived from whatever that version of that person is intrinsically connected to their essence. Basically, what would you say then? Cause let's go further down. If it's, if, if it's not just the identifier, then what is it beyond the identifier? What is the style? Putting you on the spot. Deep questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all. Why, why talk about anything other than deep things? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what a podcast is really designed for. I think that's what it's optimal. That's why mm-hmm. it's optimal use. What do you think? What do you think style is then? Okay, cool. Yeah, because I know I'm, I'm throwing you the deep end here, and this is something I put a lot of thought into, and I started thinking mm-hmm. about it myself, and and I've talked about this, and I think probably prior things, but I think that your style is is everything that you've taken. It's all your successes that you've suffered through the failures from. So it's all of the mm-hmm. things because. Let's take like a comic book artist. A comic book artist would potentially could have been a blender artist, but they yeah. just use comics as a form of communication because that's the tool. And then they learned how mm-hmm. to draw by failing until their style became unique enough that it was dif- differentiating from everybody else. And I yeah. think it's all of the things that you've succeeded through your suffer, basically. And that's what's lasted. And that's what makes you special. To, to evolve your style, you need to focus all your energy um yeah. and if you're focusing your energy the and you're focusing your results that's going to develop into a niche right yeah, yeah i would i mean 
I mean, that's what I feel. Cause I'm always trying to ask myself like, why, what is a style? Why does the style is so unique? Why is this person different from that? And their mm-hmm. approach and, you know, does what outside influence has on their work and what inside influence has on their work and how does that evolve and stuff? But yeah, I yeah. mean, it's so deeply connected, but I, I feel like everything that your style is, it is, it, it, it comes from being evolved past you going beyond yourself and everybody yeah. else and finding what works for you mm-hmm. and, and then using that and not being afraid of it. Cause I think a lot of times too, we look at the outside world and we go, Oh, well, Christopher Nolan's doing this and Alberto Miago's mm-hmm. doing this. And, and, and these are all things that I want to be. You project, you go, I want to be yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this. But then what you realize is you shouldn't approach it like that. You should actually approach it as what do I want? What makes me happy outside of just being motivated by these other humans? Mm-hmm. And then, cause you have to think to those guys, they're, they must be so lonely, you know, because they're at the, yeah. they're at this potential top exactly. of where they are. They need friends too. They need inspiration. So you need to give that uh-huh. to them too. And they will only be inspired by you making your work authentically for yourself. You know, it's like, it's like building blocks. And, uh, in the beginning you get inspired by so many people. Yeah. And you just, you, you stack them on these different positions and then you sort of find your own style and you like take that average and then you just keep evolving yourself. Yeah. And you know, when you're, when you are sort of alone, that's sort of your style. Sort of your like niche. Yeah. 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 Which makes that again, I think it's all connected to whatever your path is, whatever failures you've acquired and then whatever yeah. things you've succeeded past. Your exactly. Failures. Yeah. Right. If you if you fail one time, you're not going to say you fail at like doing a, um, abstract render like a few times, then you're probably not going to do it again. Sure. But so, right below that, the next time you try, you might be a masterpiece that's waiting to be seen. And you yeah, never exactly. know unless you try, which is crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We all have yeah. the potential within us to make something masterful, not for the world, but for ourselves, you know, and I think that's really, mm. um, it's a powerful thing to think about. It's a lot of weight to consider too, if you think about it. Um, and we all have it within us, which is brilliant too. It's just like the concept of what a psychedelic drug is or what art does it reveals and unravels something within yourself which is really crazy to think about Mm. and i think if anything if ever more than ever in the future are the currency of art is like now that artificial intelligence in quotes because it's not ai art it's just i would call it algorithmic art or something because this is happening we're all having to shake loose what didn't matter and and see what we can go past you know yeah yeah it's fascinating we're always chipping away the uh, the process, though. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Like, like say, before there were path tracers that were, like, really good. You had to, like, uh, design your own shadows or, like, bake your own lighting and yeah. things like that. AO the art, mm-hmm. yeah, the art was trying to achieve realism through that, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. And, you know, then, I, I you know, I didn't live through that. But that's just, you know, what I But you're using the heard. tools now. Yeah. And and Exactly. And that feels like my default. There was a world before the shipping. toilet where we're living with toilets now, you know. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like we it. can't we can't comprehend how we're gonna adapt in the future. No. And we it's like you can always you can always um try to understand the future based on what has you know, what's happening now. Mm-hmm. But we're we're gonna we're changing so rapidly and adapting that it makes it, you know, sort of stupid to try to guess what's going to happen in the future. 
It's a yeah, it's a fool's errand, I think. I think you just need to just focus on what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it and have purpose and pursuit behind it and mm. everything else comes from that. If I mean a friend of mine asked me is like if this machine and all this stuff kind of took over your job, what would you consider? And I I said no matter what, I would just I would evolve and adapt and shift my way of providing a living for my family, but I will always do mm-hmm. art the way I do it because I enjoy yeah. it. Because I love it. Yeah. I, I love doing it. I love sharing it with friends and being inspired mm-hmm. and being motivated and um yeah there's just so much value. your motivation might change too like yes, yeah if like you remove you did, money from the equation maybe. it's more pure too so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly like say say when you you know it's just speculation but like if you're if ai art starts doing this one thing and like there's not a like a lot of value in what you used to do before mm-hmm. then you might find something else that makes you feel the exact same way yeah. Uh, you either will or you won't. Some people will rise to the challenge within themselves and some people mm, won't. And I, exactly. everybody that's listening to this, I please, if you're feeling pain because of this, I urge you to take a, 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 a look at yourself and ask yourself why you feel this pain and, and, and look at yourself and help evolve past that pain. I, I guarantee mm-hmm. you, you will be so much more happy and proud of yourself rather than just spending time on Twitter and sending a lot of anger and hate in the world because there's no <laughs> point in that. We all have those places and we want to be angry and a lot of people don't have people in their lives to listen to them when they're angry. So I can understand that, but there's got to be a way to get past that. I think, and there's, there is so much more, but again, it's a choice, you know, you can either choose, you can either choose to spend your time Mm -hmm. observing and and taking in a lot of content from around the world, or you can spend your time sitting there playing video games or whatever, but you've chosen to make this path, which is to be an artist and expose yourself and express yourself and, you give a lot of, um, I watched some of your tutorials. You give a lot of your energy to the community, which is also a selfless act, but is also really great. I hope you never lose mm-hmm. that. You know, I think that's really great. Yeah. Something that I wish I did more. I can only have so much. That's why I do the podcast again. Cause I, I mm-hmm. feel like it helps, uh, in myself and it also helps people at large, which is wonderful to do. So. Yeah. Like there, you can either, like there are certain types of artists who feed off their art or feed off like the teaching of their art, like things around their art. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to find sort of a balance mm-hmm. between what, what you like. If I only do tutorials for, and I have like, I can do a right, I have all right skills, but you know, I'm only going to be able to my, I'm dependent on providing tutorials. Yes. Two you, people. you become a slave of it. I mean, I've seen friends exactly. become slaves of Patreon and stuff too. And it's, so mm-hmm. I just, that doesn't seem appealing to me. You're changing one slave master for another. And it's like, well, exactly. Yeah. And then ultimately you have to ask yourself, well, why am I doing this in the first place? You know, ultimately what, mm-hmm. and it seems like you and I have a similar fuel, the same as Carlos. And, you know, it's like we get inspired by going into the unknown within ourselves and then pulling something out and getting, getting like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is cool. Or, Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Or, you know, like talking about theme films that actually succeeded in having a theme and a core and a story and, and also having a fantasy world. Like Children of Men, have you seen that film? No. Ah, damn it, will you? <laughs> I'll write that up. How dare too. you be 16 years old with a lack of film experience? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you, okay. Yeah, I would say at the top of the list, please watch that film. And either you like it or okay. no, I'd be really surprised mm-hmm. if you didn't grasp it. But, um, that's a, I won't go into it further beyond just, 
that's a film that has a core and a theme and it lives in a future world filled with mm-hmm. the fantasy of things, but it's also a human level and it makes it very relative, like relevant right. to this. And it's, it's on a, it's, it's a very, it's a league of its own kind of film too, but mm. I don't know where I was going. There's another tangent. I don't know how to end this <laughs> podcast, honestly, and it's wonderful yeah. to talk with you, but we should wrap it cause we're on three hours, yeah, yeah. but I would love to have you back and we can talk about yeah. whatever. Um, love that, man. Yeah. Whatever Thanks for point. having me. It's a really good time. Yeah, dude. Thank you, man. Um, you're awesome. And I really appreciate you taking the time and, and, and props to your parents, dude. And props to uh, everybody in your community and props to you for doing what you're doing. And I'm, I'm excited you, to see what you're going to be producing. And, and uh, yeah, just, yeah. Might try that deep fake. A hundred percent the deep fake thing. Yeah. I think that's yeah. going to give you your solve. Yeah. yeah. If I manage to get it working, that'll be really cool. But, Almost positive yeah. you can with your community. Imagine that you guys can pull strength together and figure out a way to do it. And by doing that, I'm sure everybody will thrive off of that too. Cause then you guys mm-hmm. will have this tool that is so special that blends blender with deep fake. Yeah. And then there's going to be all this stuff going on and yeah, mm-hmm. sure. It's going to be great, but yeah, almost positive. That's if you're trying to do humans, cause again, when you think about like ILM or like even blade runner, blade runner had, tell me you've seen the first one, right? Yeah, I have sort of damn it you sort of. <laughs> but i like I've, it is an older film so yeah yeah mm. but it's they a, got a really good 3d human in blade runner 2 yes rachel that was the best really one amazing. i think i've ever seen yeah um, but you're you're talking a team of hundreds of people i think you know exactly execute and and that style and lighting that's solving it she's not in the broad daylight and we don't have a we don't have more than a couple minutes with her maximum i think mm-hmm. seconds if anything so style yeah. lighting and a short window of time you need to yeah there's like a niche of where you can use like realistic humans yeah um so you need to sort of conform your your storytelling to that yes unfortunately yeah but again at the same time when we talk about the value of alberto's work it's the stylization of his reality how he sees it which is Mm -hmm. fascinating you know yeah yeah which makes it exactly Shit, we're going on a tangent again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Will, is there anything that you want to plug or talk about or anything before we wrap? And I have uh, two questions for you I like to wrap every episode with. So Yeah. Okay. No, there's there's not a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, he's got a Patreon. <laughs> he's got a YouTube channel. He's got Instagram. It will be all in the show notes too. So if you guys want to um, check out his work and see it, obviously, you know how it all works. This is the internet. We don't have to explain it. Okay. Um, two questions. One of them, what are you most thankful for? at the moment now mm, i'm i'm probably thankful for for my like close friends and uh my girlfriend like my social life is uh um it's a lot better right now mm-hmm. and i think that it's a lot it you know it will it positively affects my uh, my creative work as well mm-hmm. so that's probably the most important thing right now. I love that, dude. That's awesome. Okay. Well, wonderful. And then lastly, if you had to nominate somebody to come on the podcast and talk, is there somebody that comes to mind that you would say, I would like for you to talk to this um, person? It could be anybody. And I can Alberto try to Miego. <laughs> All right. Um, do you know who Alex Roman is? Yes, I know who Alex is. Yeah. yeah he's like dead or something. <laughs> or no, probably not, but. <laughs> I don't think he's dead. Uh, is he? No, he can't be dead. But no, he's, no. he's, but he, he's, uh, I don't think he interacts on the online all that much. Yeah, exactly. Like, which is really, it, that would be a, 
yeah. it'll be a real challenge. Uh, well, I've been, I've, I've talked to him a bit um, online. So, but yeah, getting mm-hmm. him out. But Alberto, yeah, I've already yeah. been talking to Alberto about getting him on the podcast. Yeah, we'd love so. to see see you talk. Yeah, I think that we're due time because we the last one we did was like six or eight years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. So it was a long time ago. Okay, I can do that. Yep. I can do that. Well, at least I can try. But um, yeah, 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 wonderful, dude. Great. Well, you're awesome. Keep you're bringing, awesome too, bro. Keep keep killing it, <laughs> and yeah, keep inspiring us. And um, yeah, dude, all the best. Cheers to you, and cheers to 2023. It's going to be an amazing year yeah. for us. Thank you, family. Awesome.